Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tabletop Trio podcast. I'm Bob. I'm Joe. I'm Bronson. And this week we talk about the OGL and what it means for the future of Dungeons and Dragons, its players, its distributors, and a whole lot more. We also talk about bread, burgers, and vinyl collections. And the best and worst of your nostalgic video games from the past, and running out of room for your hobbies. Happens a lot. All that and more on this week's episode, Tabletop Trio. Welcome to Not that long. another episode of Tabletop Trio. I'm Bob. I'm Joe. I'm Bronson. And uh, we got a fun one for you tonight. We're back. Uh, we're back. It's been quite a while. Purple Prince says it's been a while. It <laughs> been has a while. been. A um, lot, of, lot of stuff. We, we'll fill you in on everything we've been doing during our mini holiday break kind Hope of thing. everybody had a great holiday. Yes. Yeah. With the Christmases and the Hanukkahs and... I think we only hit one between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So let's just throw Thanksgiving out there. Yeah, Thanksgiving. New uh, Year's. New Year. uh, what what else we got? Halloween. Now nah, we were here for that. I know, but that's yeah. my favorite. That's, that's a fair we'll just, point. We'll bring it back. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> fair point. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a while. There's been a lot of stuff going on in, uh, in the hobby world, if you will. Um, something that's very close to uh, our hearts. And I feel like we should just... Get it out in the open. The OGL. God damn it, wizards. Um, How come I can't have one thing that isn't soiled by corporate greed? Soiled! <laughs> Truly, like, I, I would love just one hobby that's just completely uninfluenced by corporate greed. Yeah. It was good there for, like... It was. 20 years? Look, I'm not going to pretend that Hasbro has always been the best with that. Owners of Wizards of the Coast, if you weren't aware, which I'm sure everybody watching this is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess our good run is coming to an end. I, yeah. I'm trying not to doomsday it, and I'm trying not to be a shithouse lawyer about it. Yeah. But I feel like it's pretty clear what Hasbro's intention is when they classify one of their products under Wizards of the Coast as under-monetized. Money? Yeah. yeah. Literally just under-monetized. Uh, <clears throat> I think charging creators or whatever... To use it, it's standard, run-of-the-mill, mm -hmm. but it's 25% for everything other than Kickstarter, 20% <clears throat> for Kickstarter, because apparently Wizards went to uh, Kickstarter about it, and Kickstarter was like, that's too high, you got to bring it down, and they, Kickstarter is like, yeah, we, we got it down to 20%, we feel like that was a pretty good number, and it was like, to fucking who? Yeah. <laughs> 20%? From the perspective I saw in the article that he posted, it was like he tried to pitch for lower, but Wizards wouldn't go for any lower. So it was either 20% or you don't have anything D&D related on your platform. Pretty much. Jesus. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Like, I, I understand wanting to make money off of your project and your product. I get that. Mm-hmm. But... Well, wanting to make money off of other people's products? That's not okay. Yeah. It's like me sitting there saying, you know what, Bronson? I put your stuff on my pretend race car, I deserve like 40% of everything you make. Mm -hmm. That's not how that works. Well, see, like they took it a step further <laughs> because the thing that I hate most about the new OGL is that if you put his sticker on your car, he could be like, hey, I really like that car. It's mine now. 
and then send you a cease and desist letter, and I will sell it as my car. Let me provide a, a, a better metaphor for what's what they're aiming for. Mm-hmm. It, what you said is close, but more accurately, you could be like, hey, I like the fact that your name rhymes, so I made my car's name rhyme, and I would come back to you and say, you have to pay me for that. That's that's yeah. about the level of vague that the OGL describes. Mm-hmm. But the, system. the new thing is now, if you create a source book, say all of, all of the stuff that we have homebrewed as DMs, mm. if we publish that anywhere, and wizards like what we made, they could be like, "Oh, that's really cool. That's ours now. We're gonna monetize it. We're gonna publish it. You need to stop publishing it. It's ours now." That's that, not okay. That is in the new OGL. And that is my least favorite part. That cannot be legal. It can't be. Like, it's, I, if you sign the new OGL. I, I feel like, though, I would be okay with that if Wizard said, okay, I'm going to buy this from you. I'm going to buy your intellectual property. Because it it all comes down to intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're using the, you know, the Dungeons & Dragons format but it came out of my brain and it's my intellectual property. If they were going to turn around and say, okay, we want to buy this from you. That's fine. You just bought this. It's yours now. However, I should be getting royalties. That's Mm -hmm. how it works in literally every other business. Right. To uh, purple Prince in the chat. Yes, it does go back. They are, I think they've already unpublished it. The OGL 1.1 is now no longer on... 1.0. Or 1.0. It's no longer on their website. It's already gone. Uh, Going forward, it is 1.1, and it is backwards compatible. If someone goes and makes a... Not even backwards compatible. It's it's forced backwards. So if someone goes... It supersedes 1.0. Yeah, it supersedes. That's in the writing. So if someone goes and makes... Even now, if someone goes and makes a 2E um, resource book as of yesterday or whenever it went live, they could take that resource book, publish it as their own, and send them a cease and desist. Yep. On the upside, Cobalt Press... I'm going to disagree with you on this for a second, but I want you to go through it first. What? Cobalt Press? Go through the description first, yeah. So, well, I'm not going through a full description. Cobalt Press... Obviously. ...is going to be... (laughs) I'm going to read you the six-page press release (laughs) from Cobalt Press. Yeah, they are going to be releasing their own... Uh, core system that is completely open source and everything, and they have named it uh, Black Flag. Okay. That, in theory, is wonderful. In practice, it is not going to work. They would have to so significantly deviate from the existing system that you'd essentially be breaking into tabletop systems we already have. So things Mm -hmm. like GURPS, right? If you don't know what GURPS is, it's basically a whole system designed around D6s and only D6s. Mm. And it's very modular. It's designed to be able to mold it into whatever game type you want. It's stuff like um, you want to attack this creature, roll a D6, four to six is success, one to three is fail, regardless of stats. Like things like that are built Mm -hmm. on GURPS. Um, You would have to so significantly deviate from a D20-based system in order to not classify as something under the OGL that you would lose any semblance you had of Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be worth the separate format. And anytime 
like what I essentially saw a lot of people breaking it down as was if you are rolling a D20 and adding a mod, mm. you're too close to the OGL. Wow. Mm. Now, see, I, I want to know when that actually rolls up because I'm sure that Cobalt Press isn't just going to wing it. I'm sure lawyers are involved. So they are probably going to try to skirt it as much as they physically can to get as close as they can without going too far. Yeah, we have a, a, a comment in the chat. Uh, Nikon says, they're just going to kill D&D going forward. People are just going to play the older editions with the physical books, and the new system will just die a slow, painful death. Well, <clears throat> that's what happened with 4. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> so not versed in D&D. I was different. didn't realize 4 even existed. Okay, so I knew 3.5 <laughs> and what we play 5e. I'll give you a very brief... Um, non-biased summary of 4. I didn't play 4, but I know why it didn't work because I hear, like, I've seen a lot of people complain about 4 and I kind of just give gave it a general glance. 4 is not structured in the way that 3.5 or 5e is. It, it functions more like a video game than it does a tabletop role-playing game. So it was a major deviation from previous iterations of D&D mm. and kind of lost the spirit of what 3.5 and 3 and, and Advanced D&D had done. So that's why a lot of people hated it. I didn't think it was a very good format. It had a lot of problems from what I can see with like character balance. And it was very difficult to bring yourself into those kind of meaningful role play scenarios because everything was basically designed around combat. That's the gist I got from it. Mm. I, you know, I apologize if that any was, of that's off base. <clears throat> what but. year was four? Was that 2002? Uh, was it 2006? 2000. Early 2000s, like 2004, 2005 was, I thought, when 3.5 came out. And then in like 2009 or 2010, whatever, like the height of the popularity of WoW. Uh, June 6, 2008 is when 4th edition was announced at Gen Con in August. Hmm. Right. Sorry, August of 2007. Core books were released June 6, 2008. Exactly. Okay. So like so like, like peak eight, WoW gaming, yeah. they I'm were just, trying to emulate that. I'm just trying to figure out when that corresponds to the OGL because the OGL 1.0 was 2000 or 2002, which I guess would have been 3.5, so which when, is why there were 9 million resources books. So 3 came out, and 3 was very, very poorly written. The rules are cyclical and kind of confusing, and you can find contradic contradictions of certain things. Uh, not a whole lot's well-defined. It was basically just an overall, here's kind of the gist of some rules for a role-playing game, but you do whatever the DM wants, which mm. is okay. Yeah. But the problem is, instead of doing something so simple as that, they would say, here's the grapple rules. It's four full pages. If something you don't agree with in there happens, just change it. So <laughs> then you have people who would try to stick to that, oh, God. like glue, mm. and it would it caused a lot of arguments. So they decided to revise 3.0 into 3.5 and they, they changed a lot of the spells. They, they brought a lot, like a lot of the power curve of some things into line, but left others completely untouched. Mm -hmm. So three, five was certainly better than three in terms of um, like combat balance, but wasn't really that good. Like it didn't fully accomplish its goal. I don't think I still mm -hmm. think it was a good format. It was still fun to play. It was still like, quintessentially Dungeons and Dragons to me, but they didn't really succeed at what they were trying to do with the power balance because the most powerful thing in the game is still a wizard straight from the player's handbook. And nothing ever changed that. Mm -hmm. Like wizard PHB, druid PHB, and and um, like artificer from the expansion books are just so 
unbelievably broken that like they're better than Marshall's at everything they do. I don't want to get into this now because it's kind of like going off on tangent, but because of the change around that time, Wizards took a look into a lot of things that they were trying to change about D&D. And one of those was when they revised from 3.0 to 3.5, they didn't want outside story houses writing books for D&D that screwed up the, I guess, the specifics of what they were trying to build. Mm. So they didn't want it screwing up the power curve. They didn't want it screwing up the stories. They didn't like want any of this shit. So they took writing houses that had been doing D&D books for a long time. Paizo was one of those companies, the creators of Pathfinder, mm-hmm. and said, you can't write for us anymore. And Paizo was like, well, what do we do? Like, we ha- I, I employ, I don't know if it was like 50 people or 20 people or whatever, however many it was. I employ all these people writing for you guys. And Wizards was like, tough shit. Sucks to be you. Mm. So they were like, oh, well, fuck you. I'll make my own role-playing game with blackjack and hookers. But they had to make, <laughs> they had to make a format that was similar enough that people could transition from three, five into Pathfinder without really having to change everything they know. They still mm-hmm. wanted to encapsulate, encapsulate D20 edge mod. They wanted to encapsulate the way the game played this, the way the stats were laid out, like all of this kind of uh, mm-hmm. setup, and make it familiar enough that people get into it. And the way they did that was through the OGL. Right. So D and D said, well, f- you can't write for us anymore, but this is still a tabletop role-playing game. It's a popular format. You can you can copy this much of it, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the homework. You can copy a little bit, make it different enough so it's not the same. So then in that revision, while, while D&D was going down its 4E path to develop that, Paizo said, well, you know, we're going to take our own game. And they wrote amazing stories, all new monsters, changed core art for how things look, kept a lot of what we come to know as like iconic fantasy from things like Tolkien works, right? Mm-hmm. Because those <clears throat> aren't, for the most part, copyrighted because a lot of it pulls from lore. But there yeah. are certain things that are. So, like, originally in Dungeons & Dragons, halflings were called hobbits. And the Tolkien estate sued. Uh, I don't think Wizards owned it back then. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not sure about that. Whoever owned Wizards got sued by the Tolkien estate because they used hobbits. Oh, wow. So their cease and desist included saying, well, you can't call them hobbits anymore. So they started calling them halflings. And that wasn't a copyrighted name, so they could do that. Mm. So that's what exactly what Paizo did when they created Pathfinder. Like, there are, there are very certain things you'll find that are similarly named but not exactly named because they are not part of the OGL. They are copyrighted IP from okay. either Hasbro or Wizards or whoever made it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, again, that is still all in the vein of familiarity with Dungeons & Dragons. It's still based on the, the Roll a D20 Edge or mod type of system. So anything Cobalt Press comes out with, if we're going to see it have any semblance of the way the mechanics of Dungeons & Dragons as we know it right now work, it's going to be too close to the OGL to be a safe bet. And keep Mm -hmm. in mind, Hasbro is an enormous company and Paizo Mm -hmm. is a tiny company. They could just say, this is a little too similar, even if it's not, and then sue them into the fucking ground. And Paizo would never survive the litigation. It would essentially just be a slap suit. Mm -hmm. It's... it's absurd to me and we, we have a, a comment joe if you want to read that one but like it, it's just so crazy to me that and i understand you know making it vague enough so they can kind of bend it to their own will which is ridiculous but like i i i just it sucks mm-hmm. it just sucks and i i have no skin in the game like 
I'm not sitting there. I'm not making any money off of it. I'm not losing any money off of it. But like, I want to be able to support yeah. the I, companies, the organizations and that kind of stuff that like, I mean, the biggest that. thing for me is you may not lose money to you personally, but think of all the things that you've been able to search and find and buy yeah. and people have created that's all gone. Yeah, like the the um, the character sheet generator thing that we use. Oh, that is absolutely gone. That is gone. definitely going to be gone. <laughs> is currently technically illegal. Mm-hmm. It should not exist. So the way that gets produced is they create the baseline. This is how I would code it. And they leave the content out. And they rely on other people to release the content pack to fill out the sheet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the JavaScript sheet is not the issue. It's when you load it with... It's the IP itself. That's the issue. Yeah. It's like when I uh, I was going to start building arcade cabinets and like the pinball machine that I'm making, I wanted, I'm, I'm trying to make it so that I could actually produce these for people to buy. I could give you all of the work. Mm-hmm. As soon as I put a single game on there, I could be sued into oblivion. Yeah. yeah. But I can give you everything. Like any like Raspberry Pi, any one of those like, yeah. not, not um, like the Pi Cades and all that. Yeah. 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 You can get. Everything in there, and we'll even give you, like, a, f- a few homebrew games that, like, somebody has made that it's free. Mm-hmm. And, like, here's maybe a website off on the side missing a couple letters and commas. <laughs> Isn't it only <laughs> if you distribute it, though? Mm-mm. Well, selling it is distributing. Yeah, so, like, if you did it for your hobby, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of the, but, yeah, it's like a gray area. <laughs> nobody put it on got yourself. sued for downloading music off Napster. People got sued for sharing music on Napster. Correct. That's yeah. the difference. Right. Same, same gist. So, uh, Nikon in the comments uh, says, Hasbro has no one to blame but themselves. Executives in the company made a very unrealistic promise about uh, profit to their investors. First, they tried to mine the Magic the Gathering player base. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, for oh, every man. penny that they will ever make in their entire lives. And since it's not working, they are now trying to make money through D&D players. They are determined to run the company into the ground for short-term profits. So... I think you are right and wrong. I think they have been very, very successful in mining the Magic the Gathering player base. They have been selling out of two to $3,000 four packs of cards, which is literally insane. Instead of people boycotting them, there are always going to be a few people that were like, aha, I'm going to buy these and I'm going to be a millionaire because whatever profits. So those all sold out. So Hasbro and wizards are like, maha it's working. Look at all the money we're making. <laughs> so obviously when the meeting comes up and they're like, look what we did with magic. Look how much money we're making because we're releasing fucking 700 products a year versus the normal, like, what was it? Eight. I think this year they did like 20 something, something like that. It's an insane, uh, like skewed chart. Um, so I want to point out that Hasbro went back to the drawing board and tried to find a way to fix their stock. Like, this is why they're doing a money grab, right? At one point, Hasbro's stock was, I think it was like 125 around mid, mid 2020, it looks like. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the COVID dip, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a slow recovery up until mid 2022. And now it's starting to drop again. Yeah. You know, at current... Well, everything the is Hasbro dropping. stock. Well, yeah, well, that's true. The whole market's dropping, but at current, the Hasbro stock is at half its peak. It's at like sixty-two, mm-hmm. sixty-five, ninety-three right now as of close of market. 
But I mean, that's not just Wizards' fault, though. That's, that's it's not Hasbro in general. But everybody's looking for a way to recover. Right. So here's my question to you guys then, and to the chat as well. Is COVID to kind of blame for this whole thing in general? No. No. Because the way I look at it is, you know, everyone stayed home looking mm-hmm. for things to do. Gaming, they find, oh, you can play D&D online. Mm-hmm. There are places like Roll20, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of also where I think Critical Role had a big explosion in their stuff. Yes, they weren't playing during that, but like mm-hmm. I feel like they found a big explosion with that and it's kind of grown from there. I, I mean, my, my take on it for me, is between all of the games that have been coming out and all of the TV shows and all of the movies that are referencing D&D and then COVID happening and a lot of players who were already like playing were like, all right, now what do we do? We, we, what's the one thing that we can keep doing with our friends? D&D just online. I don't think there was any make or break for Hasbro on that, especially because they don't make any money through. I mean, I guess from D&D Beyond, they and made a little bit. Remember that during COVID time, Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast did not own D&D Beyond. So all the mm-hmm. digital content that was yeah. sold, they got a portion of, but probably not the lion's share of. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. pennies on the, or, you know, right. cents and then on like the dollar. Roll20, uh, Foundry, all the virtual tabletops mm-hmm. under this new OGL, all illegal. Shit, yeah. The program is not illegal. The assets are illegal. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the, like, uh, Foundry includes the, the core rule books because it's under the OGL. Not anymore. So, you know what I mean? It's it, there's there's a lot in there. We will always have old editions and old books and the content that's created. And honestly, that in and of itself is enough for a lifetime of playing. Mm-hmm. But taking something and crushing its continual growth will eventually stagnate it regardless. Yeah. Nobody wants to just exist in a dead format forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. Four uh, M Watch says I think the desire of escapism always ri- uh, always uh, rises during hard times. If it wasn't COVID, it would have been another terrible world event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, uh, th- there's you know there's always going to be that other tabletop system that comes out. Um, is D and D the biggest? Yeah, obviously. But there's others. There's going to be others, especially now. Think about all the people who are creating all of the content, uh, like DMs Guild, uh, which I heard mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everything on DMs Guild uh, at the swipe of a finger could now be completely owned by Wizards. Yep. Yeah. Anything that references compatibility with 5e. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm, has got to be like 80% of what's on that website right now, right? At, at minimum 80%. Yeah. So they could pretty much take over it. They could download everything on DMs Guild and then send us a, a, a cease and desist to all of the companies they and could, be like, we own that now. They could buy the website. They could also buy yeah. the website. I think that is the worst part. If they're paying for it, fine, whatever, so be it. But the fact that they can just say, it's but mine that's now. mine. Yeah. Like, yep, that's not okay. I'm yeah. curious to see how that is going to affect like companies like Critical Role. Mm-hmm. I know Cobalt Press, they're already doing their own thing, and they you know, they're trying got, that. They've got to have, with how much advertising they do for Hasbro, 
they've got to have their own special agreement for that. I mean, Mercer, I feel like they should. Matt Mercer wrote books for Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. I feel like the new executives don't give a shit. No, I feel like they do because they don't see it as like a wholesome part of the game. They see it ah. as advertising revenue. Four uh, AM watch says video content is excluded. No. Hmm. So well. it's all books, merchandise, all that good stuff. But the thing that was bothering me is that it's, I think they said it's 750,000 is the top tier, but that's in revenue. And I know these Kickstarters go crazy. So it'd be 20%, but you know, but that's revenue. That's not, that's profit. revenue. You got to remember these Kickstarters, a, they're already paying Kickstarter. I think it's like 14% or 10% or something like that mm-hmm. for Kickstarter. Then they got to pay all the people that are working on it. Then they got to pay all the people who are, Building the actual product, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're they not coming home. The and they have to pay taxes. Right. Material, taxes, everything. They're not coming home with seven hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So to pay twenty percent right out of the gate, that's that's like it that'll for the kill, Kickstarter. Yeah, that'll yeah. kill most yeah. companies that try to Kickstarter. Yeah, that's twenty percent of that seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Usually, that's not twenty percent of whatever you take yeah, of home. Of the thirty-five right. that maker takes home from that yeah. project. Yeah. From from what I heard, you end up taking in from Kickstarters anywhere between ten and thirty percent. Is like if you did really good, you t- you took home thirty. But normal, I think they said is around ten to fifteen percent is what you take home from a Kickstarter. Wizards wants twenty. Jesus, so because yeah, even think if, you, if you're taking home ten percent of that seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, mm-hmm. that's what seventy five thousand. Twenty percent of that seventy five thousand is no, no, no. Or they sorry, want twenty percent <laughs> of that seven hundred and fifty thousand. I yeah, I went to school for radio, so don't <laughs> quote my math. Twenty percent of seven hundred and fifty thousand, <laughs> but fifteen thousand. Yeah. So that's what Wizards takes off the top. That 15,000 just does not exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. More than 15. 20%? Well, two times 75 is 150. Move the decibel. It's, you know, it's just not to then. You're off. <laughs> it's got to be closer to like 90. What? 20% of 75,000? 750,000. Oh, I thought it was 75,000. No, no, no. Then 150,000. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, then no, that can't one, be right. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Either way we move yeah, the decimal, yeah. it's still going to be 75, 150. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. picturing the little, like, <laughs> loops that I was taught in, like, I, middle no, school. I still do that. It's still, oh, yeah, it's the easiest way to visualize it. Not according to new math. Listen, <laughs> it works for me. It got me through engineering. I think it's a good method. You I use what works for you. <laughs> I went to school to learn how to do this. And how's that working out for you? Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're a wonderful person, so I think it worked out. Well. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, this is going to go. We'll figure it out. I mean, yeah, I'm I, sure. I feel like at this point, it's just one of those wait and see kind of. I mean, people are starting to boycott already. So, yeah. I mean, people are going to speak with their wallets. So we'll see what happens with the Hasbro market share. Yeah. If you have D&D Beyond, cancel that fucking subscription. Yes. Hit mm-hmm. them where it hurts and let them know that this is bullshit. Yes. Yeah. I and will not buy another fucking thing from Hasbro until it's reversed. Oh, yeah. And neither should you. And neither I was going to buy like five new Monopoly Do you games. understand the amount of 
like physical collection that Joe and I have combined. It's how disturbing. much money we spend it is on disturbing. literally not even just like independent creator branded things, like specifically Dungeons and Dragons branded things. I have the plushies. Dude, I have <laughs> the big Tiamat. Literally all of the large dragons they've come mm -hmm. out with. We both have every single special edition book and then a multitude of like the regular covers. Like, do they not understand that this community is going to be spiteful enough when you hurt its creators that that's going to stop? Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't I think, don't they think do. they're ready. I, I hope this gets big enough that even the casual fans take a stand because I think yeah. that's where it's going to make or break it. Mm -hmm. Like oftentimes you see companies like fuck over their diehard fans and mm -hmm. the company is just so big it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, EA. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, the, the worst gaming company trophy was happily handed over to Blizzard of recent yes. memory. Yes. So EA and Blizzard. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Demonetized. Just kidding. And it's We're gone. not monetized. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't get there yet. Uh, soon, maybe. Soon. If you like and subscribe, if maybe like we'll do it sooner. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I'm. it's going to be one of those wait and see kind of things. Yeah. I saw a lot of people, like you guys said, cancel your D&D &D Beyond subscriptions. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I saw a lot of people even saying, you know, don't be toxic, but call them mm -hmm. and explain why you know, a lot of people, why you don't like this, call them because, and I agree with a lot of these comments. Anyone can ignore emails. Mm -hmm. Anyone can set up a, you know, question, complaint, whatever. And it gets deleted right away. Yeah. It's a simple script, whatever. Call people, call the message center and, you know, don't be an asshole. Don't be toxic. Don't, you know, Oh, this is bullshit. Fuck you. Blah, 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 blah call them and just explain, look, this is why I'm doing this. I need to cancel, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because kind of like voting, you vote with your feet. Nothing's going to happen until you physically go do something. Yeah. So cancel with your feet. Well, just, I mean, like you can use a mouse with your hands if you want. If it's too difficult. <laughs> That's but <fair>. like, <laughs> yeah, If you film, you know what? That's what I want. Anybody who watches this, if you're going to cancel your D&D Beyond, I want... Are we asking for feet pics? We're, we're breaking, no, I want we're feet breaking into videos. territory that I do not want expressed I want, in my name. This is a tabletop trio. It's not about... Joe, January 2023, I, I want feet videos. I want people... We're not asking for feet pics. Not pics. I want people to cancel their DMD subscriptions <laughs> via feet clicks. That's what I want. That's where we're going. That's what we're doing. I appreciate the sentiment, but we'll not be watching any of those videos and also clean your mice. Joe, <laughs> our hmm. our slogan is anything you can do on a table. Yep. Feet do not belong on tables. But they can be. I put my feet on my coffee table all the time. Uh-huh. Just saying. Fuck, you're right. Cancel your subscriptions on your coffee tables with your feet. And D&D &D Beyond. But don't send me videos of it. Add us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Send send tabletop trio videos of it. Yes. At Do not directly trio. at me. Yeah. At I'm tabletop looking trio. at you, you can Phil. DM you can DM the the Instagram account. Yeah. Hit us up. We'll post them. <laughs> Something I don't, I don't know. Before I watch, this, it says that'll show them. <laughs> just to show you how serious it, this is to like how much I'm willing to just completely abandon Hasbro. 
I will flat out move to another game format and we will still play like our tabletop game at home. And I like if if it goes through and they won't revoke it, I'm going to encourage everybody else to do that too. Yeah. I'll never look at another Dungeons and Dragons thing again. Yeah. Mm. And that Jeez. if I have to change, you know, shit about my character or anything like that, play a new character. Guess I got to go buy all new dice. <laughs> I just got my masters made. I really fucking hope <laughs> it's still a standard polyhedral set. Truly, I will cry. Oh god, yeah, you're gonna have to change uh, like everything. It depends. Let, see, get into D30. Specifically, why I did not D15s, D21s. <laughs> specifically, why I did not brand my my shop with anything dungeon or dragon related mm. was because I didn't want to be tied to a specific format. Like I wanted polyhedral only means one thing. Well, you know, that's weird. Cause I can't say that cause it says poly. It's, like the, it's <laughs> yeah. the prefix. It's, of like, the word. it's like everything, but like multiple, but like one, but mm. polyhedral is a book definition. That's not tied to thing. Like I see people like, like Dyson dragons is one of my friends shops. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Yeah. That's awesome. But at the same time, you are now tied to that brand. Yeah. Like it definitely gets the point across. It's a good name, but now you have a tie to that brand through mm-hmm. your name. Also could open you up for copyright problems, depending yeah. on how uh, spiteful Wizards yeah. wants to be. And like I said, they could just hit you with a slap suit because they can. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so, Polyhedral Cathedral unrelated to Dungeons and Dragons. Nikon. Uh, my friend who is one of our DMs has like 20 plus of our fifth edition books. Uh, we can play homebrews that we create for the rest of our lives. So my group is angry, uh, but we are not giving wizards any more D&D money. Agreed. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I was attempted to get back into magic, and then I saw the, the content, and it just kept going. I couldn't even attempt to keep up, and I was like, all right, I'm back out. It's like, I just can't. With can't magic, it. it truly feels like those who make magic no longer care about magic like there's still a creative team behind D that is that an advertisement yeah yeah uh there's still a creative team behind D that very obviously cares about the game content um i don't feel that way about magic and i haven't felt that way for a long time it they are very specifically playing into marketing mm-hmm. and power creep as a way to sell more cards oh more yeah more and more even though they said they weren't gonna yeah, <laughs> I, that would be a little bit harder to do with with D and D because it's not competitive, but not impossible. I just well, that, I think that's basically what they they were trying to figure out how to make more content. You know, they make X amount of books a year. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. What do we do? Take someone else's books. I think they also realized that wasn't <laughs> working because the quality of the books was dipping a little bit. Yeah. The books are getting smaller and smaller. They are. They're getting thinner. It's more story, less source. Um, I, you know, I'm fine with that. Truly, but I don't even think a lot of the story quality has been good recently. Mm. Um, I wish we would have got a little bit more for Spelljammer. I don't think it's yeah. a bad book. I will I will say it. I'm going to... I'll be the first. There's going to be more for Spelljammer. Or at oh, least yeah. I think there was Absolutely. more before they were like, hey, we're doing... We we're could doing, release that in another book. We're doing six. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, let's just pause that then. And so we got like a taste of Spelljammer. Yeah. But I don't think the, like there That's was good point. definitely more that was supposed to be Spelljammer before they were like, 
here's a taste of the next D&D. Now I feel even worse about it because now I feel like they were just holding shit back for extra money. I should have seen that coming from the start. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. But the books were pretty. Damn it. Bitch. They gave me six foot tall hamsters. I was really happy about it. <laughs> and they were space hamsters. <laughs> you know, come to think of it. Go for the eyes, boo. I've been... <laughs> I've been playing D&D with you guys mm-hmm. for five years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually spent any money with D&D specifically. Mm. Like no, no Wizards? Yeah, or nothing Hasbro Wizards branded. or Hasbro branded. Like I've bought dice sets. Mm-hmm. Like I've done like the Chessix and like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Chessix is its own company full of wonderful people, by the yes. way. Mm-hmm. You should definitely support them. Yeah. Um, like, I've bought, like, the dice and, like, that kind of stuff, but I've never bought any... You don't have any, any of the books. I lied. I have one. I have bought one thing, and it's because I forgot how to read, and I bought, <laughs> like, like the, the starter set instead of the essentials kit. Mm. Or I really versa. thought you were going to say the D&D ABCs book, because that does exist. It does. <laughs> Joke's on you, Wizards. My nephew was going to get that book, but not anymore. But I bought that, and I I was actually thinking about maybe running that, just because I have a lot of friends that have never played, but like have only done like one-shots. Even if you have played, that's still a fun adventure. Mm. I've played through the starter kit. It's good. Mm -hmm. I might have to do that, because I was thinking about DMing that for for some of my friends. Yeah. I might have to. I might have to start my own campaign. The only difference is it comes with some (laughs) pre-made stuff, like pre-made characters, so you you can skip some of the, like, more difficult things up front. Mm. That's the only reason it's a starter kit. It's still, like... Mm. Yeah, because, like, you have to go to a a mine, you have to figure out what's going on inside the mine and, Mm -hmm. like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts in Triobor, which is close to my first character's name. Um, (laughs) Odd. Very odd. Literally. <laughs> and the best part, I chose that name because it's Robert backwards. That's literally always, the only reason I, I picked Treebor as a... always forget. <laughs> like, half the shit is just because I'm like, yeah, it's just Treebor. It's Robert spelled backwards. Uh, yeah. Nikon uh, says, Bronson, I bought the DM. Uh, I bought my DM, the Spelljammer set for Christmas. And when I saw the books, I was kind of disappointed before this, I was hoping that they would do more with the Spelljammer. Now I do not care. Yeah, I was yeah. really hyped for Spelljammer. Like you I was, were, you really I was were. all in for Spelljammer. I bought the special edition books because one of them had like the portrait of the hamster, and I was all in. And, uh, and then I started going through the source books, and I was, you know, and as I was, I'm like, okay, so this is like, there's not a lot in here, in terms of like. There's a lot of like you need to now make stuff. The way they sold the books, right? All the the concept art and promos didn't reflect the fact that the books were so skinny, right? Mm-hmm. Like they looked like three full size books, like yeah, PHB, DMG, and yeah. Monster I Manual. I was under the impression that each one of those books was going to be like three hundred pages plus. L- yeah, like their predecessors. Right. I thought it was an, another full core set. Correct. If that was explained somewhere, then I missed it. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't no. that. But they also had in that box the full screen. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was just that all could have been one book. Mm-hmm. Like if you take out all the cover widths and the the jacket thickness and the um, the DM screen mm-hmm. that came in there, that really all could have been one book. It could have been one bigger book, like more size of um, what was it? Tasha was the biggest one or Xanathar. The fattest D and D book is actually Icewind Dale. Is it? 
Yeah. yeah. So, it's enormous. So it would have been that size, and it would have... It's like two Skags. Yeah. Well, wow. Skag was a thin book. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Um, We'll see what happens, and, uh, you know, obviously we're back here relatively often, so you'll hear updates as we hear them, and yeah. we'll talk about it, and we'll get your opinion, because that's always fun. And if yeah. we find a good alternative, we'll share it with you. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, fuck Hasbro. Same. Yeah. Throw up your middle pinkies. I said what, what I said. <laughs> well, if, yeah, like this. Your, your pinky toes. <laughs> fuck you. What is, what's with you in the toes today? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to kink shame, but like. <laughs> I just want to see what happens. I want to see one person. Cancel with their foot. That's that's all I want. I just, I just want one. I know I'm asking a lot. Oh, no. At Tabletop Trio. So, moving on. You guys might have noticed that there's a Doom thing right, right here. There is. That is not uh, a CD or a poster. That is a vinyl of Doom. A full real vinyl, not just the jacket either. No, it's a two record pack. Um it is a special edition. I while we have been on hiatus have started getting into vinyl because I don't know. I like spending money. Uh <laughs> so behind us on the camera <laughs> that you can't see is our my full uh record setup and right before we went live, um we were Why did I turn around to look behind you? I don't know. <laughs> We were uh, we were casually relaxing because you wanted to see that sweet sweet Polyphia record behind it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it sounds so good. It's really, uh, it's really good. <laughs> so it it's it's uh it's fun. I got uh I got Elena to get goosebumps several dozen times playing records, um because the quality is just insane. Hell yeah. Um, but it, it's just been a. Uh, of a fun because now you get to go and see what records are available and then find out 10 minutes before we go live that one of the records that I have is stupidly expensive because they only printed it once. It's, it's one of those things where I recently started getting into record collecting as well. Mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot, but it is one of my favorite things to go to the local record store, which they do exist. And <laughs> the one in Princeton is awesome. Um, and it's not just what old people call FYE. Yes. It's Those not. are back though. Yeah. They and are. they do have did, records. Did the one in Freehold ever actually close? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. They were all gone. All right. Okay. Then all of a sudden they were like, hey, we're back. Also, <laughs> okay. we sell pop figures now. <laughs> That's their big thing. Cool. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite things just to go and look at the records. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're, you know, I mean, they're moderately priced like 20 27 dollars like somewhere in that ballpark yeah you know what i didn't realize like i i know records are made of like a very hard wax but Mm -hmm. i saw the process of a record being made Mm -hmm. where uh it was a green one with black specks and they took a big lump of green mixed wax Mm -hmm. and it looked like they threw it in like chocolate chips so grab uh if you could grab the sonic one that's over there it's green it's heavy there's three or four records um there are Several dozen uh, special ways to press records and squish all stuff in them. Uh, a lot of mine ended up being the special ones. I didn't know about it. Um, but I was actually talking to uh, Elena about like why records have kind of been a mainstay, why it's coming back uh, harder now than ever. And um, apparently they're creating new um, 
there's new like manufacturing going up just just for records. Um, and I really I landed on the thought process. Vinyl's been around since like the teens. Uh, of we know the the forty fives I think have been around since like the fifties, right? About something like that. About yeah. fifty fifty five. That's when forty fives were like the fast or the you know this is what we got. Um, when you think about us growing up, how many formats have we lived through? Oh God, we went. We Waves, knew we had MP3, vinyl three flack. Uh, that's just computer format. Cassette. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize you were cassette, talking about analog track, too. Cassette, eight track, CD, MP3, iPod. We didn't now eight track. It was there. You had it. If your parents had one, you were playing with it. That's true. There was four so, track before that. Yeah, no mm-hmm. one. We don't. We don't talk about four track. <laughs> um, then we had uh, the digital age with like AOL radio and shit like that. Then we had broadband speed. Then we got streaming. Then it's on our phones. Then it's this. So we've lived through like five to seven major shifts. Yeah. But none of them are still here. Streaming is because that's the new. That's but it's all new. compressed. And that'll be the norm. Yeah, but it's compressed. And you, you hear it. Vinyl has outlived all of them. Mm-hmm. And it sounds cleaner than most of them. I think... Because, correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be, Mm. Doesn't vinyl have the highest fidelity of any physical format, like analog format? Oh, that's so yes. pretty. Yeah, so when I saw like that, mm-hmm. they basically took a, like, a big chunk of green wax and threw it in what looked like chocolate chips. It yep. were little black wax specks. Mm-hmm. And then they pressed it yep. with like the mold pre, uh, pre-audioed, pre I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it's called when you put the... The master. Okay, yeah. They pressed it with the master and it like all squished out the side. Very like... And like, then they cut them. Put this thing in a press satisfying. <laughs> and then they it, they put it on a little machine, and then it, it brought the, the blade in and cut the exterior here's like a, Here's off. a green one. But there there's also no other format where the, the art can be represented as um, the physical medium other than like putting a sticker on a CD. I was right? going to say, mm-hmm. CDs get the sticker. But um, like the core of that, that, here's, here's the Sonic one. Oh, that is so pretty artwork. So this was a one-sided record, which On I didn't artwork. know existed. Mm. It actually has Sonic and Eggman in the record. You can't play this side. There's no actual wow. grooves on that side. I didn't know that that was a thing that it could that exists. We'll we'll throw it up on the Instagram later. Um, which, by the way, we did take a uh, video of the Doom record turning. If you want to see that, it's on oh, the Instagram. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I made the mistake of trying to play this. That's why I know it doesn't work. In the chat, uh, Surfer KWC says, uh, my wife and I love getting the special editions of our favorite bands. I could not agree more. Same. Uh, recently, I got, I've got i really gotten into the band Ghost lately. Mm. What kind of music? Uh, they're like prog metal. Okay. I, I, I know I who they really, are. I really, really like them. I, I think you guys would like them too. Yeah. I'm a fan. Very, very melodic, like melodic metal, not like hardcore, like screaming, anything like that, mm. but... Uh, just really fucking good. Um, I got, I forget what the album, but it's on a special edition clear white vinyl. Love it. Ooh. And it is Sheesh. gorgeous. And I think the best way to describe Dice Goblins are like the people uh, like Kyle here who mm-hmm. get the special edition vinyl because it looks pretty. Mm-hmm. So I have. That's why I love Dice. <laughs> uh, 
it looks pretty. It's art. It's shiny. It is shiny. And I want all of it. 3D print little tables and put them in dice when I get my new molds. They'll be our exclusive tabletop trio dice. Oh, my God. So I bought from Rise Records, um, which is a a place you can go. (laughs) I bought uh, some crazy records. So the new Polyphia album uh, is coming out. Well, I think I guess it's already out for streaming, but the records have to be pressed. So I'm getting it in March. Um, it is a like blood red, um, album. Oh hell yeah! And I ordered several other albums from Rise because um, it turns out a lot of my favorite bands just happen to be there. Dance Gavin Dance has several albums. That you could buy on vinyl mm. with like well, special. Well, Records is a record label. Yeah, but they yeah. sell vinyl through their website, which is amazing. Um, so I was able to pick up like some really fun uh, special editions. Too. Yes, they are. I was, I had to like, I had it in my my uh, cart, and I was like, no, I I can't I can't buy that many. <laughs> I, so Did you know they actually? This, this is what I got. They accidentally bought stolen artwork for the Challenger. <laughs> album yeah so they went to some some i think they said south american country don't quote me on that i'm mm. pretty sure it was but uh and they were like oh wow this this artwork's amazing and they had some guy there like oh yeah this is one of the principal they bought it they used it as the record cover mm. they put out the fact that they were like this is going to be the record cover we're producing uh our record with this yeah. image and the artist contacted them and they were like hey that's my work like I, st- I still have the masters of that. Mm. You can't use my image. And they went back and they were like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And they paid that artist royalties yeah. instead, and totally like owned up. Mm. Like they didn't. That's awesome. No shittiness. Them. They were like, That's "We awesome. were so embarrassed when it happened. We thought we were buying an original piece of artwork, and we weren't." And it, they, they couldn't get in contact with the guy who originally sold it. Yeah, to of them. course not. It, I think <laughs> they said it was like a street vendor that sold it. Mm. Yeah, you always gotta. You know, gotta keep an eye out on All right, so, yeah. Okay, Jackpot Juicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Look at the colors of the records. Three City Sessions. It's like wave, Ooh. ocean blue and white. That's sick. Yeah. What's What's the skeptic? Mm-hmm. Is that also DGD or is that something else? Um, I think so. Might be. Oh, is that Tillian Solo? That's Tillian. Yeah. <laughs> and they know why I'm buying that. Listen. I like some of the songs that were on that. I, right? I know, I know. <laughs> some of them are really good. I, this is so good. There's other artists. It's not just him. Yeah. He has features. That's true. So. That's true. I was like, you why know, you what? Got, why'd you have to do that? Why'd you have to go and let me down, <laughs> Tillian? God damn it! So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I love uh, having uh, like a record station. I love the sound. Um, it's just different, mm-hmm. like. So I was listening to Streetlight. I've been listening to Streetlight since I was in middle school. I was listening to Everything Goes Numb, the vinyl. Joe got me into Streetlight in middle school. Um, or high school. High school. Yeah. I didn't know you in middle school. <laughs> but um, I was listening to it on the vinyl. I was like, holy shit. I've never, I've never heard those instruments like that. Mm-hmm. Like I think um, on my particular record player, the mids come out... Um, a little higher than the highs and the lows, which is like such a fun thing about record players is the needle constitutes what you're going to hear. So some needles have 
better low frequencies. Some needles have better higher frequencies. I have a stock needle on this record player. You know, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either until a oh. couple weeks ago. Wow. I was shopping for that one, and I started listening to, like, because this one, I could change the, the, the needle, and I could do five. There were five different needles. One of them is mono. Right? If I only listen to mono records, what? I could change the needle to a mono needle. It's a thing. How do you have a stereo needle? It's uh, all magnet shit. It's two channel. Huh. Yeah. That's why when you were listening to Doom, it was like going from left to right to left to right. Stereo. But you could change the needle to mono. So Sick. One of the so needles that is available on that. I, I almost want to like, exclusively listen to it in mono. Just to see what it was like. It That's sounds, just how it was. Music like, sounds strictly yeah. worse. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 100%. But, <laughs> but it's the experience. <laughs> to experience the way it was when... You when, need the bad to appreciate the good. Yeah. So my parents you, are looking you. for one of their, like, like a 1920s record player. Oh, with the crank and everything? With the horn and the... And I was like, you know, it's going to sound terrible, right? Like, it's going to sound <laughs> atrocious. First of all, it's going to sound awful. Wait, like the 30s, 40s, and 50s record players where Those, you hear like the crackly static on it. Yeah. That's the mm -hmm. best technology they had but, at the time. But it also was 78s, which most record players do not run anymore unless you do it through emulation after. So you could mm. record it off. Or, like, some record players that are cheaper ones have it, but, like, you have to plug in a USB cable and play it through your computer, and it'll, like, speed it up enough and whatever. And mm. But, like, it's a 78. It's a different RPM. Mm -hmm. So my parents have been looking and looking, and I'm like, why, why these? Like, in particular, why? And they're like, well, we have some. And I was like, okay. I could just, they're like, yeah, but we, we want to hear it from that. Not yeah, we want to like, hear the way it was intended to be listened on. Right. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I was in, at some old antique shop in like the middle of nowhere. And I thought I found one. It was an old ass record player from like the 30s. And the guy even had records for it. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. I think this is the one. Turns out uh, that was a very specific record player that had its own speed and its oh, own oh, needle. That was the Cutstown <laughs> Folk Festival, yeah. right? We yeah. found that one. Yep. What's so, that, like, really papery? Yeah, it was, like, papery yeah. records. Oh, wow. um, and it was its own thing. So that was, like, a whole other world of records where it's like, oh, we don't just have 78s, 45s, 33s. We had something special that was, like, a proprietary system for whoever it was. I forget the, the system. Purple Princess sounds on brand for you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so... I it's wild, but I've been I've been really enjoying. We have uh can't believe you didn't make a record player pun. Sounds on point for you, Joe. <laughs> it sounds on. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I over the summer I bought um, "We Are the Union's um, Ordinary Life" album. Mm. Really cool special edition. It's white with all these different like paint splatter. It's based off of their um, uh, "Boys Will Be Girls" music video. So it's like paint, paint splatter, everything. Really, really pretty vinyl. Mm -hmm. But I also got a plastic um, single from like one of uh, Jer's upcoming songs. Mm. I cannot get it to play on my record player. Because really? it's, it's plastic. Turns out it was a CD. Well, the plastic should still. It's like very thin plastic. Mm. Like I pick it up and like you can make it do the. <laughs> oh, it's like a floppy disk. 
not even like I, I oh um I'm gonna bring it next week. I I believe I have a record player that'll actually play that. So my dad had a good record player. No offense to my mom, but my dad had like record player. Like he he had like the stereo. You know what I mean? Like the the fucking Sega Master System stack of record player where it was like record player cassette tape with oh, the fucking ha- equalizers. I have a that. Ho- yeah, a whole other equalizer rack. That is like- currently in my dining room. Yeah. For those who did not grow up with Joe, <laughs> saying that Joe's dad had good audio equipment is like just repeating yourself. If you're mentioning Joe's family and audio equipment, you don't have to mention that it was good audio equipment. We Joe, like from the moment I knew him, had full expensive recording setups in his basement his whole life. If like in the future, should we mention Joe's family immediately assume any audio equipment was the highest tier you could buy. You know, that tracks for all the equipment that we have for the show. Right. <laughs> Where now. do you think he gets it from? <laughs> <laughs> so growing up my budgets, everything had a budget, but like we would go to like free home music, which is like a guitar center type thing, but where we lived and in free home. Yeah. And there was no, it was no budget. It was just, oh, we needed that? Is this one the best one? Is this the one that sounds good? That's the one you get. Mm-hmm. I was like, but, yeah, but we can't afford that one. He goes, no, yes, we can. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no, I, I can't. It's my birthday money. I have $110, and I'm trying to buy speakers, and those are $400. And he's like, yeah, we just get those. And I'm like, the Merry math- birthday. Shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the math isn't working. 100 does not equal 400. There's got that little slash that's, there. There's the audio equipment multiplier and the multiplier shut the fuck up. Yeah. So like, that's how my dad always was with audio equipment. Like it just always was get the best one. You'll get it once. Don't do it. Don't buy it 10 times. Don't buy the cheap one. It's not going to be worth it. So that's how I've always been with audio stuff. Mm-hmm. So he had like this insane record player. But my mom had like a portable 45 or 33, 33, 33. So she yeah, it's like 33 and a half, 33 and a third, something yeah. like that. So my mom had, and she still has it. It's in my, the box of like my dad's shit. Are these it, diameters or? Uh, RPMs. Uh, RPMs. Oh, okay. So, so it has to spit like, like a, like an engine, yeah. you know, thousand RPM, whatever. It's 33 rotations yeah, little per ones, minute. Uh, little okay. ones are 33. Big ones are 45. Or do I have that backwards? No, no I you're right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so little ones are 33, big ones are 45. Old big ones from like anything I think prior to like 50s something is 78. So they're like super fast. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um but my mom always had 45s. My mom didn't have big records. My mom had little records. So I th- I still have and some of hers are like fucking paper. It's like really really thin. It's it was the most bizarre thing when I opened because it it came as like a freebie, mm-hmm. like it was in the box. I'm like, oh man, this is pretty cool. It came with some stickers. Like, here's Bad Time Records, all the other bands on there, phenomenal bands on there, by the way. Like Catbite, mm. bunch of other really cool new ska bands. Mm-hmm. Really highly recommend them. Um, but it, it it's literally just like a a, a sheet of plastic, and oh. I tried playing it on my record player, mm-hmm. and the hole is just a little bit too small which is fine, whatever, like, I I made it work. I smashed it on there. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I put the needle on, and I just hear, I look down. Mm-hmm. Just at the end? No, the arm 
is like pinning the record, like the record down. And the record is spinning, and just the turntable is the one that's moving. Oh, like the, the record not is staying the, <laughs> stay the same. Just kind of move your weight. And I'm just like, Th- that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, that's, that's not right. So, like, the record is staying still, and it's just the turntable that's, that's you, you have a weight. You have a weight and everything on there, right? I don't know what I have. You don't, you don't have a big weight on the back with numbers? I, this thing is <laughs> massive, okay? Like, literally, the record player <laughs> is like... You can't really see on the screen. It's like like this big. But specifically on the back of the arm. Like this tall. Mm-hmm. And it's a cabinet design. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it like opens up. Mm-hmm. I I think there's an... I don't know. I don't know <laughs> these things. This thing's ancient. Like it, it's, it's from my girlfriend's grandmother. And this thing can play cassettes. It can play CDs. It's got a radio built in. <laughs> like, those were like those things when Joe and I, well, no, when Charlie and I worked at uh, at Sears, we worked in Sears Electronics. They sold those combo machines and they mm-hmm. were always like 800 bucks mm-hmm. and nobody ever fucking bought them. Mm-hmm. So eventually they stopped carrying them. But I, I didn't realize those existed anywhere outside of the liminal time that I spent. So in, in the Sears, in the seventies and in the eighties, that was top tier like you know how now you walk into someone's house and they have like the sono system and like the bows and stuff like that when you walked into someone's house in the 70s and the 80s and you saw wood cabinets like wood cabinet speakers which i still have downstairs Uh, yeah um and then like just a fucking tray from the floor to about four and a half feet tall just full of fucking audio equipment you know that someone there plays really loud music that (laughs) so that is the exact system my dad has oh boy so my dad has probably about a four and a half foot tall cabinet that's what it was man it's got a record player it's got a radio Mm -hmm. it's got a nice eq system Mm -hmm. uh dual tape decks Dual CD players. Uh, the tape decks were to record the records. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wow. you could go on to the move. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so he has that. Uh, he had speakers, but they're so old, they like dry rotted. We, a friend of ours, or a friend of mine gave me two other speakers to replace them. Mm-hmm. We just need to run the cable. Mm-hmm. He also had that thing wired to outdoor speakers. Yeah. So th- we have a couple outdoor speakers on our deck. That when we got some work done with our deck, our contractor said, oh, what are these for? Eh, fuck it, whatever, and snipped the cable. Mm. Oh. And we didn't realize this until one day my dad's like, oh, shit, we don't. Oh, man, And because there was just a random speaker wire just floating around, got caught up in the in mm. the uh, the lawnmower, which is why we figured it out. Yeah. Damn, um, that sucks. But, like, he has that set up for the outside. Like, we had an antenna on the roof until a hurricane blew it off, and that mm. got, like, stupid radio signal like yeah, those things go my neighbor back here has one and i like every now and then i want to call him and just be like you still use that thing give me <laughs> if you're not using it let me know <laughs> can i have well i have i i think i brought it in to show you before we even did the show like do, do you want to know why the I want eq it? system and like all that <laughs> i'm afraid to know why you want <laughs> i want to know okay so you know those christmas lights displays that like <laughs> <laughs> that like play play lights on your house yeah. Okay. You know how there's music that plays? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's run by a computer, and that actually is set to FM radio. You, you know how, like, we, we had the old iPod things 
where you plug your iPod in and then your car turned into an FM radio. So that's how those systems work. When Mini you, FM When you drive by, you get enough signal to watch the display. Now, if I take that antenna and then pipe that signal through that antenna and reverse it. Then the whole neighborhood. Correct. Yeah. So I could literally make my own pirate radio station. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, I got Bob in. <laughs> you can't tell me these things. I work for the radio. <laughs> I was going to say, hello, FCC. If we ever get big enough, they'll buy us. Nice. This is a win-win. <laughs> I mean, at this point, the only difference between a pirate radio station and a real radio station is a little piece of paper that says the government says, you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I have um oh go ahead. Uh, I have a topic shift I'd like to discuss with you guys because I feel like you can feel my pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. I recently set up the CNC router and I've been futzing around with it. Not in the past couple weeks, unfortunately, because I've been a little bit but um I'm out of room. I bought a rolling cabinet from my office to put uh the resin casting stuff on and the CNC router. I still have an FDM 3D printer set up. Mm. I'm out of room. So I'm faced with a conundrum. What do I do with the thing in the office that takes up the most space? And I use the least, the poster printer. Mm. It is too large to put anywhere else but the guest room closet. Hanging on a wall. It doesn't have any kind of like mounting system. The fuck it doesn't. I know. Like I could, I've seen straight one cars be hung on a wall. No, no, no. I know. I could straight up build a shelf, but I don't even have an open wall that I would hang it on. Like I would have Mm. to take down my Spitfire, my Spitfire painting that hangs Mm. on the back wall to mount it there. And I really don't want to do that because I love that fucking thing. Yeah. So do I sacrifice the poster printer to neaten up the office? Because I would love to have like these behind on the wall and put mm-hmm. all the printers in a row, mm-hmm. like the 3d printer, the FDM. So the resin, the FDM, and then the laser, um, I'm still laser engraver, and then the, um, CNC router mm-hmm. all lined up like my maker station. That would be fucking sick. Yeah. That would and then really have cool. like my resin casting set up there with the pressure tank and all that. I would love to have that all in one spot. Right. Cause right now there's strewn in all corners cause I don't have the space for them, but I have to get rid of the poster printer for that. Mm. which I use all the time for DMing. Um, I, I'm kind of like at a loss. There's there's no other spot in my house that the poster printer wouldn't go or would go that wouldn't look like just a sore thumb, like garbage I was storing somewhere. Mm. So, um, so purple for the, prints for the guys a, in the chat, yes, <clears throat> the poster printers are about five and a half feet long and they are about three-ish feet tall. They weigh about 90 pounds. I don't know if yours is lighter. Mine's mine a big is bitch. heavier and <laughs> taller. Remember, mine's the older version of yours. Yeah, but mine prints 40s. I think yours prints 30s. I, no, they're the same width because mine has those doofy end caps where all the software is. And all yours right. is actually like efficiently made. Mm. And it's also four feet tall. Like it's... Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're tall. A little, little bit more than that, actually. It's up to like here at full height. Oh, yeah, you're right. They are taller. Well, you have the newer one that's more squat. No? no, I was just misremembering. Oh, okay. It's about, about chest high. Yeah. It's about five feet. So realistically, I can't even put a shelf over it because then I have to move that big picture I have behind it. I'm, what do you do when you run out of... I just so, have to buy a bigger house So now. I know... That's the solution. Yeah. I know that those things are held on by four screws. Yeah. 
So if you unscrew those four screws and make L brackets, you could technically mount it like a keyboard anywhere. Hmm. Then you can just now you're free. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was thinking to do the same Because <laughs> I have nowhere to put all my 3D printer stuff. So I keep one in my office. It doesn't work very well because it's just there. Yeah. And then as you can see, they're not back here anymore because I keep moving them. I, I oh here was the pro here was the problem where I, I couldn't mount it somewhere. In order to access it, should I need to clear a jam, which is an old machine, it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I the front opens up like a big uh, like a trunk, like a mm. car trunk. Oh yeah, you're right. And I have to be able to fully access that. So if I were to even put it like down here, I would have to have clearance above it on a shelf mm -hmm. or a removable shelf. And mm -hmm. then it becomes a pain in the ass to do anything. Is there a way, and this is me not having any technical knowledge whatsoever. Is there a way to 3D print any kind of like reverse hinges? So instead of it they having it be go, strong enough for how heavy that machine is. So, oh, okay. Uh, Purple Prince says rotating hinges rotates forwards 90 degrees. What? Rotating hinges. Also offered, uh, I can ask my shop to make some uh, custom brackets for you. That would be really cool, but I'd still have to find a place that it would be appropriately wall mounted. Like mm. part of the part of the reason I want to put cabinets there is because I also need the storage for all the supplies. Mm -hmm. Like what I would do is I'd, I'd put cabinets there, have everything set up in its own independent station, and then use the rolling cabinet somewhere else to actually free up a little space in the office. So right now it's incredibly cramped. Like I can't do the VR stuff in my office anymore because of how much shit is in the office. Mm -hmm. So I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I was debating moving it into the, the guest bedrooms closet, which is a big walk-in closet that we mm -hmm. don't use really. It's like got spare clothes storage for like our winter clothes and stuff, which I could move to the garage in totes. But then I don't have anywhere to put the Bowflex that I currently have in there, mm -hmm. which I have now started using again because I'm trying to lose weight again. Mm -hmm. So I'm at, this is the tipping point. This is, I have now bought so many large hobby things that I have legitimately no room to put anything else. Yeah, I'm there. So what do we, what do we do? I started going up. <laughs> I, I was thinking about I, I feel like Joe's the worst person to talk to. No, no, I, I was thinking that. But you see, the problem is all of the maker stuff that we have doesn't have fixed height. Mm -hmm. The 3D printer, like, oh, you, you moved it out of here. I told you. Yeah. has <laughs> a lid that you have to lift off the entire chassis. Yeah, so that would be an upper. But then how, uh, fill it like this up here? Not that yeah, There's step stools. So like my, my other 3D printer. I, I, I don't think you realize how. Fixed height far down the reel of paper is on that machine. Well, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the printer. At this no, point. no, I know. But in order to mount shelves over it and put that as the upper over the, the, the mm -hmm. poster printer, it's like, there's too much space. It needs, it probably needs, uh, the reel is two feet off the ground and the whole thing's four and a half feet tall. Like, uh, at so this yours point, is a little different than mine. Mine. Well, yours whole, is newer and better. Only by like two years. Mine was still, <laughs> created in the design credo for electronics where it was like, eh, we don't need to conserve so, space. Just make this fucking huge. So yours was, yours was 2000. Mine was 2002. A lot changed in two years. Yes. Those end caps on either end of mine are literally first completely of all completely empty. I got windows XP support. Yeah, exactly. A <laughs> uh, couple more comments uh, for am watch says just buy a bigger house. That's what I'm saying. Um, that's where we're at. Purple Prince says, call me. I'll reload it. What if we take the legs off? Why do we need to hang it high on the wall? Hang it two feet off the floor? 
because then it's it's basically in the same space it is now. Like then I can't put a shelf over it because the swing arm opening on the top. No, you can get one of those. Oh. Like mm. the front cover opens like like a car trunk. Yeah. And I need to access that to clear like paper yeah, jams could, and stuff. You could put that on a. You could technically put it on casters or something. So you could just roll it out. Change it and roll it back into place. What if you had, like, you know how, like, they have, like, the standing desks and, like, when you lift it up, it, like, it, like, rises but also comes towards you and, like, Mm. some kind of, like, like, hinge system? Is there a way you you can mount it down low? You could put your entire workstation on a sit-stand desk. That way, if you need to reload the paper, you just press the button and the whole desk goes up. That's true. That's a good idea. I wasn't intending on going that expensive, but if it means I get to keep all my hobby stuff... I think it might be something I'll look into. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we have this talk. Mm-hmm. We're getting ideas. I, Th- that's dude, what you I've come to thinking, Tabletop Trio for. I, the I, ideas. <laughs> that's all I am. All I am is an idea spitter. We just had our first tabletop discussion. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. End it. <laughs> well, good night, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I guess we should explain why we've been gone for like a month and change. Yeah. Other yeah. than holidays? Well, it was holidays. It was work. It was trips. Uh, unannounced. Three, three of the eight weeks that I missed, two of them I was sick, two of them I was on work trips. Yeah. Then yeah. two of the other weeks I was sick after I got back from a trip, which was an unexpected but vacation. Not lined up with the weeks that I got sick. <laughs> not lined up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got kidnapped to Motherland. I was in uh, Poland for about a week can change uh of which i got some really fun stuff and really fun stories uh one of them uh i actually had in our list was i went to a pinball museum in poland and all of the pinball machines were american (laughs) (laughs) so it was so fucking cool it was the city center in krakow which is the old uh, capital. It's no longer the capital, but you went down into like a fucking basement and then you turn the corner, you walk down a flight of steps. So at this place, you are firmly underground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you walk into a counter and there's a lady here. You ask how much time you want and what do you want to drink? So I was like, well, are you like a soda or something? She's like, no beer. Like we have all beer. And I was like, I like this place. I like this place a lot. So I was like, give me like, I don't know, an hour. Is that like the normal? She's like, yeah, we have hours, like one hour at a time. And then all day passes if you hit like a certain point. And then beer is whatever you buy. So the parasiter was indeed insane. It was really good. So there's like four or five pinball machines. Then there's like uh, everything is brick. Like everything was like cobblestone-y. So like columns, uh, they had like the, the archways. Everything looked really old. And... There were like five pinball machines up front that were like the Adams family, the the basics. And then we walked through this little opening and they had a pinball machine from 1955 with a plexiglass side and lights in it because the old pinball machines, you know, when they're like bling, 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 bling. And everything was like literal like flaps that flapped open while you play the pinball machine. You could actually watch the mechanisms like opening and closing. Oh, that's so cool. And I was like, that is the coolest. Yeah, the pinball machine was beat to shit and the flippers barely worked because of just the age. But to be able to watch them and play, really cool. So I'm like, yeah, there's like 10 pinball machines in here. They had a couple of uh, arcade games. Like they had the Aerosmith, 
Revolution gun shooter and like the Terminator game. What? Oh, you don't know about that? Nope. Okay, Aerosmith made a video game back in like the 90s. It's in Sega and it's in the arcade. It's called Revolution X. Really fun shooter game. It's three players, which is really weird. You say that like Steven Tyler did the coding for the game. He's the, one of the main characters. They get abducted. <laughs> and then like, you are, like the you are shooting game. You are shooting people to an Aerosmith soundtrack trying oh, to know. save Aerosmith. But you said Aerosmith made a game, and I was like, wow, I didn't know Steven Tyler was into programming. <laughs> what if he was? <laughs> you can no, code to He does far too many drugs. Steven to Tyler. <laughs> so I'm like, how are we going to spend it? Like, how many. How much time is down there? It's not really a museum. It's only like 15 pinball machines. I'm playing, I'm playing. I hit all of them. It's a good time. Then like I'm looking around the corner. I'm like, wait, that's another archway. So I walk that way. Just like 75 more machines in this direction. They had machines I've never seen before. There was one, uh, shouts out to fucking Jersey. Uh, there was a Jersey Jack pinball machine oh, that's cool. in Poland. Uh, Jersey Jack is a pinball manufacturer, obviously in Jersey, who makes some of the crazy newer pinball machines with like the LCD screens and RGBs and fucking everything. Um, so there was one there and I was like, my hometown, we're here. Um, yes. and then, uh, they had the fucking pinball machine my parents have. Oh, that's they had so cool. Swords of Fury and wow. there are only 2,000 made and that was in 88. So you got to imagine that like. Obviously, now you know where one one thousandth of them are. I know two of them have been located. So I set the high score because, <laughs> like, I had to. <laughs> high score syllables or uh, syllable symbols, ass. No, I did uh, EAJ. <laughs> Gotta go eat at Joe's. <laughs> who the fuck is each? Yeah, who's Why each? does she have the high score on every machine? <laughs> I, I put it on like three of them. <laughs> That is so cool. I had like three machines back to back. There was the coolest one I saw that I didn't know was made. Williams, I swear to God, in like the 90-ish area, they were just like, fuck it. Let's just, you got an idea? Let's fucking do it. It's a dirt bike pinball machine that plays pinball this way. What? But then also plays pinball this way. So dirt bike pinball machine? It's a dirt bike. So it's like you are a dirt bike. Your ball is a dirt bike. Ah, basically got it so when you shoot the fucking ball you start there and start shooting up instead of sideways so like you're literally shooting against gravity to get the when ball you back. said dirt bike pinball machine oh you meant like it was what like- i imagined was <laughs> a dirt bike you sit on where the brake and accelerator handles are the flippers don't the give Joe ideas. You know, if William still existed, they probably would have went for it. <laughs> they were wild. They were really, that really is wild. Really cool. Um, so that was a fun game. Uh, and then everything else was pretty much like all the basics, like all the ones I have in my pinball machine. They were all there. I mean, literally all of them were there. So I was like, and this one, and this one, and this one. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And now you're just like, how do I get this this dirt bike one onto my machine? That's what I was thinking. Because I'm like, that's a, <laughs> that's because it was tall. Like, it wasn't even like it was like normal size. It, it was like, think of a normal pinball machine back. It, it just copy and paste another one just, just right on top. So you're just like. <clears throat> you were firmly looking up. Like you need so cool. You need eight foot ceilings to play this pinball machine. Pinball pachinko. Pretty much. So it was, it was wild, but it was really fun. Um, so yeah, I was exploring Poland and finding all American things to do. And, uh, 
one of the places we found was a burger place, which led me into the topic that I had for today, which was, what's your favorite burger? What is the most insane burger? Because I went to this place called, uh, it was something Forum, and they had like each section. It was really cool. It's something that I've never seen in America. It was kind of like a mall where like, you know, you go to like the food court. So it was kind of like that, but there was no mall. It was just Just a food food court. So they, you, they have, they have, that's like, like Reading Terminal Market that we visited when we went to uh, PAX. It's exactly like that. You walk in, there's a little building, then there was just like, yeah. Yeah. That's, you would love Reading Terminal Market. So oh my God. Yeah. It, it was like that, but they had like an American section, burgers, Japanese with um, sushi. Then they had another one for ramen, uh, traditional Polish, um, and then like a handful of other ones. And then out front, there was like a cafe and bar. So you just hit up everything. In one spot. And, uh, oh, that was it. It was Halal Forum. So I was like, you know what? I'm not that hungry. Let's just do a burger. I'll get the the Hala or the Forum burger, whatever it was called. No big deal. Fucking 10 minutes roll by. Burger comes. I shit you not. That big. I was like, Jeez. I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to eat that? <laughs> so it was two... Two patties, but you can only see one. One's hidden. An egg, uh, bacon, pork, lettuce, pickles, onions, f- f- just fucking everything is so there. So it's a breakfast burger. On a black bun. Yeah, because there's egg on there. I guess. Breakfast. So I'm like, let me just let me just squish it down real quick so I can take a bite. So I push as hard as I could. Let go. Still oh, yeah. that big. I'm like, I still can't fill my mouth on it. Not with that attitude. But I, no, I went for it. Oh, oh, did I try? And I have a beard. That's not something you oh should be attempting. Oh, do I try? With the beard. So she's, Alayda's watching me try to eat this fucking burger. And it was so good, but it was just like, at some point I had to give up and start using a fork and a knife because it's just, quitter. I, I just couldn't. like lion eating a gazelle and like all <laughs> so like. it look like it was like the, the yolk. trails all like yolk dripping down through your beard. You had to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> it, I really did. <laughs> so the the hotel we were staying at was like a couple hundred feet from this building. So I really did go and shower. I had to wash Amazing. all of the ketchup some, and fucking yolk. I in my beard. Oh. Pull out a strip of bacon. Huh? I, did, I don't think we have a video, but I do have pictures on my Instagram of how obnoxious the burger was. Like, I had a bottle about that big behind it, and you could barely see the bottle. Like, Holy it was... Crap. Wow. It, and I was like, is this is this what they think American burgers are? <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> my, my ideal burger, right? Half pound patty, mm-hmm. medium rare, or yes. rare. D- depends where you get it from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really super snooty about the, like, quality of the chuck. Mm. Right, I don't need like wagyu chuck or some shit like that or mm. whatever. Yeah, just give me a burger. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's <laughs> cooked right, I'm okay with it. And then I am an absolute slut for a smokehouse burger. Mm. Anything barbecue sauce, bacon, only fried onions though. Never raw onions or like caramelized onions. It has to be fried onions. Mm. And, and I usually hate sharp cheese, but sharp cheddar because when you melt it, the flavor lasts the best. Like. You can't put a mild cheese on a burger. The flavor kind of disappears, mm. right? Uh, no vegetables. I'm okay with lettuce if it's crisp. If it's mm. wilty, get it the fuck out of here. Mm. <laughs> and then like um, like a big soft potato bun. That's my ideal burger. I'm for that. 
Uh, Purple Prince says, I knew there was a reason why we're friends. Smothered and covered in barbecue sauce. <laughs> I think we need to do a burger episode. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. So that the one thing I can cook. So that corresponds <laughs> to another thing. I started making bread. I saw you post some pictures mm-hmm. of that. I look good as hell. Yeah. The problem is I'm also dieting oh. and this has been a problem <laughs> because I can see how this would, uh, you'd encounter an issue with this. Cause it turns out my bread is really fucking good. <laughs> I, I, my brother and his girlfriend are, are uh, getting a house and I, for Christmas, got them a bread maker. Mm. And I told them, I call dibs on your second loaf of bread. <laughs> because the first one always gets fucked up. True. So I call dibs on their second piece of bread. I've told this, but now that it's out there, they are giving me their second loaf of bread that they make. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I started making a couple uh, loaves, and it turned out pretty good. It looked really good. A little wonky. They looked a little wonky, but like... You turn them the right way, and they look picturesque. My uh, my sister and them came over for New Year's with my nephew. He's one, and um, they're we're drinking, so they're a little drunk. They taste a piece of the bread, and they're like, "Oh my god, are we taking the rest of this home?" I'm like, "No, it's my bread." First of all, it's mine. Second of all, Not it's anymore. like it's like half gone, and they look at me and they're like, "Are you going to deny this bread?" For your nephew? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, they played the nephew. Ooh, I was like, I was damn. like, oh, we're starting that off early. All right, all right, I see how it is. <laughs> um, in the chat, uh, Nikon says carbs are the death of most diets. Facts Can confirm. Um, Purple Prince says uh, the burger from Monday looked dangerous. That Enough calories for two and a half days. That was not a burger. <laughs> okay, here's what, what ha- here's what happened. Oh, that. <laughs> Thing that was sitting on no, your on no. your stove cut in half? No, no, no. Oh, okay. That was the small one. <laughs> so I think Nick I have, fucking excuse me. I think I have a picture. I, I you're not gonna so be able. Lost. You're I'm not gonna terrifying. be able to see in the chat. So as a child, he says that was a small one. By the way, there was an enormous half of a burger sitting on his stove. So I was a child, and I went to this oh, place no. for a cheesesteak, and it was the best cheesesteak I've ever had in my life because it was like a literal piece of steak. That was then covered in the cheesesteak fixins that you could actually like bite. Like you could just bite it. It wasn't cut. It wasn't sliced meat. It was literally a cheesesteak. I've never found someone like it. I've never found anything that makes one like it. So I made bread and it looked, and I've had a couple. It was like the perfect sandwich bread. I nailed the perfect sandwich bread. So I was like, all right, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm I'm going to go for it. So I buy USDA Prime ribeye. <laughs> cut it in half. Oh no. Cook it so that it like is fall apart but like crispy. Fucking toast pretty much half a loaf of bread. Put it on there, cheese, onions, uh mushroom, peppers, fucking went to town. It was the best sandwich. I've ever had it. Damn. That's that's how big it was. It was um okay, here's how I measured the piece of bread for the audience. Uh it was my middle finger to just about inside the palm was the size of the steak. So I made the bread just a little bit bigger so I could put more onions and stuff on it. So it was about eight, 
eight and a half inch by like five, five and a half inch sandwich. Obnoxious. Your wife just sent me a picture of the, of the, uh, the, the burger, the, 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 the burger. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I think I might need to go change my pants. <laughs> Damn boy. She thick. <laughs> it looks amazing. It was really good. And all the meat and poem was fucking phenomenal. Um, but yeah, we'll no, share that up on our uh, on our Instagram. So we'll share that picture. I just finished cooking. I was sitting at my island as Phil walks in the door, and I just yelled because it was in my hand. I was like, <laughs> "I'm sorry for what you walk into," and he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "On you now." And I fucking started eating, and he turns the corner to just fucking face. Full. I'm picturing like Cookie Monster, like <laughs> it was bad. Crumbs flying off the side because the top of the bun is all floured, so it's just fucking flour all in my face. Amazing. And, uh, it was uh, poor Phil. Sorry, that was on me, Bob. What is your ideal cheeseburger oh, for me? Yes, so what is it? I am a sucker for a good breakfast burger. I feel that. Get me a fried egg. Runny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's got to be runny. So when I chew in it or gotta when I take it. the bite, you got to pop the gotta, yolk, gotta pop you it. know, all that. Uh, either bacon or pork roll. I I don't care which one. Okay. Um, Not a big lettuce fan. You know, not a big, you know, veggies. Like, kind of like you said, Bronson. Like, if onions are on it, they have to be fried onions. Or like the frizzled onions mm-hmm. that you yeah. get sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. I would say that would be my go-to. My second favorite is a uh, a blackened burger, like a mm, blackened black. blue burger, like blackened burger with blue cheese. A blackened nothing blue else burger is the epitome epitome of everything I hate in food. <laughs> I will not eat cheese with mold in it, and I will not eat anything blackened because I'm super sensitive to bitter taste. Mm-hmm. So if I ever put a blackened blue burger in my mouth, I would actually probably throw up. <laughs> Because yeah, like blue cheese. anything blackened to me, as soon as that like charred section touches my tongue, blah, instant, mm-hmm. I, I, it disgusts me. I'm not saying your taste is bad. Oh, I'm no, saying I not. cannot yeah, yeah. do that. Mm. It like, I'm, I'm, I've always been hypersensitive to anything bitter. I can't drink beer. I, I will never, ever find a beer that I like. You got anybody that's watched this stream knows that every beer, everybody makes me try. I always fucking hate. Can't do it. It's too bitter. Yeah. And even not bitter beers, I find bitter. Mm. So you can imagine my reaction to anything blackened. <laughs> and any cheese that is in relation to blue cheese grosses me out both the thought of it mm-hmm. and the taste of it. It's not one of those weird things where it's like, oh, the taste is okay, but the thought of it, no. Blech. And I'm sure the consistency on it too isn't much better. Consistency either. doesn't bother me because really? I like feta and that's similar I'm not a, consistency. I'm not a big fan of either of those. Okay. But like... Blue cheese, gorgonzola, blech, can't do it. Mm. I, I think for me, it would have to be, because some places when I get like a black and blue burger, mm-hmm. they pile on way too much blue cheese. Mm. And mm. then by like halfway through, you're just like, that was too like, much. Yeah, you're like, yeah. like trudging through mud with your mouth. Not great. You know, portion on a burger is also like an interesting topic and order. Do you know that order of burger plays an enormous part in how you perceive the burger? Did you know that the best way to eat a burger is to flip it upside down first? Because it's usually done backwards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, like, 
putting the cheese on the bottom between the bottom bun and the the burger is usually the best way to do it. All of the really all of the fresh stuff should be on the bottom. Remember, it hits your taste buds first. You only oh, yeah. you only taste with the top of your tongue. So, it, like when you eat something, how you perceive that taste varies in what order your tongue experiences them. You know, I just realized I usually eat my burgers upside down. That's that's the way. Because I and his day way, and I don't do it <laughs> because I. It's just a weird thing that I do. Like I'll grab my burger, and instead of being like, you know, like you grab it like this and you chew, I'll usually grab it. And then, mm. like, flip it yeah. when I'm eating and set it down. Mm. And it's just something I've always done. So I guess I eat burgers the right way and just didn't realize it. Yeah. I realized that I was doing that. I watched, like, a, um, uh, what's the YouTube channel? Food. Oh, God. It, they have the video game channel and the food channel. Food Theory. Mm. Okay, and yeah. um, they went over that. And I was like, it can't make that much of a difference. And then I, I did it. I flipped it upside down and ate it like they suggested. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like a different fucking experience. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I realized I'd been doing for a long time because of that, you know, I just said I like barbecue sauce on my burgers. I would always, instead of putting the barbecue sauce on the burger, dip the portion I was about to bite in barbecue sauce. Because mm-hmm. if it was ever on top of the burger, I never fucking taste it. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. Like your tongue goes in like on the bite, right? And you're tasting primarily the beef patty in the bottom bun. And then when you chew, that's when things start to mix and you'll get like a little piece and blah, blah, blah. But when you like dip into the barbecue sauce or ketchup or whatever you want to do on the burger or mustard, if you're a degenerate, and no, I'm just kidding. Um, you, I would make sure I would get that brown sugary barbecue sauce. But when it's flipped in the way they assemble it, mm-hmm. you, the barbecue sauce actually hits your tongue and you don't have to do that every single dip to make sure you're tasting barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. It, it's so weird how like, I used to think when people say presentation matters, right? Or mm-hmm. best bite for or that kind of shit. I was like, oh, that's dumb. Like, that's just them like trying it's to sell the food, food with the way it yeah. looks. And then I started listening to some of those things and I was like, oh no, I was just being a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the problem here. Yeah. It was me. It's me all along. <laughs> well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> food stuff is weird. Like cooking stuff is weird, making stuff is weird, plating it is apparently very important. Yeah. I never downplay the 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 perception of something because you create your reality. Mm-hmm. And the way you perceive things is the way they exist in reality in your mind. Speaking of, in the chat, 4 AM said, I guess referring to me before, on your nose like a coke addict. Uh, Purple Prince, he looked like a crackhead with a wet beard, and I was worried. Uh, <laughs> and then Purple Prince, uh, Joe, American food in Poland is insanely good. Good? We were talking about Gouda. It's good. We were talking about Gouda. We were talking about Sweden, uh, not Germany. The best fried chicken I've ever had was in uh, was in Radom. Radom is my dad's hometown. Uh, and then he says, pour the sauce on the burger and dip, smothered and covered. My man. Yes. That's too much sauce. The messier the <laughs> burger, the better it is. Mm. The mm. worse the quality of the beef, the messier the better. Yeah. If no, it's, no if, the higher. If the burger is cooked properly, I like to actually taste the beef. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to hide the beef, that's when I tend to smother it. Mm-hmm. There is a restaurant near me called Rossi's Bar and Grill. Mm. They used to be... Hashtag not sponsored. The best yep. burgers... <laughs> like ever yeah 
their quality has gone down a little bit as of late. Oh, that's tough. They used to be in uh, the section of Trenton called Chambers- Chambersburg. Okay. Used to be very heavy, like old school Italian, like you immigrated from Italy to America. Off the boat. Off the boat. Yeah. It just, Chambersburg was the area. They had, uh, th- there's still a business there called the Italian People's Bakery. <laughs> the best rolls ever. Like my family will buy like half torps, like, you know, little, little kind of dinner rolls. They'll buy half torps for, uh, for all the holidays. We actually buy an extra dozen than we actually need because we'll sit there and we'll eat <laughs> like, we'll yeah. eat half a dozen on the ride home. That just happens yeah. because they're warm. They're crisp, like nice hard shell on the outside, super soft on the inside. Like, so, so I was given amazing. I was nice. given my best advice in the bread forums I was on. Um, because everyone eats the bread hot because it's fucking delicious and it's never yes. going to be that good. But the bread's not done cooking at that point. You are literally stopping the baking process to you for you to shove it in your mouth, which like <laughs> is fine. But everyone online is like, if you are baking with the intent of you shoving it in your mouth immediately, just do yourself a favor. Just take a little piece off while you bake it and make yourself a mini loaf. You can then shove your the mini loaf into your food hole while the <laughs> regular loaf cools like it's supposed to. And I was like, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and a little for me and a lot for you. <laughs> Except we're going to flip it. Yeah, the lady's going to come in and be like, where's the loaf of bread? And I'm just like, Right there. Just show her a dinner roll. <laughs> yes. It's right there. That's the loaf. <laughs> um, but yeah, this place, Rossi's, um, used to be in the Berg. They moved to Hamilton. Their burgers are still really good, like nice, thick. Like you really taste the beef with the burger and all that. Um, the Rossi burger is just cheese, lettuce, tomato, ketchup. Mm. But it, there's something about that compared to any other burger. Phenomenal. I made myself Wagyu smash burgers. Ooh. I Ugh. needed nothing but ketchup. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking good. <laughs> 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 like the because the Wagyu when you make um like Wagyu ground meat, the meat is normal. The fat is Wagyu, mm-hmm. and since Wagyu fat is for all intents and purposes butter, um, like if you hold Wagyu, I don't know if you've ever had. If you hold Wagyu fat, it actually melts in your hand. Like, it will turn to just like an oil. Like, it is pure. Lethargic cows. Pretty much. So, to make smash burgers, when you... (laughs) Same. When (laughs) when you make uh, Wagyu ground beef, the, the fat is just melting. Like, it... There is no fat by the end of it. It's just basically butter. God, I'm hungry so, now. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> so maybe we'll make those. Maybe I want to be skinny more than I want to be hungry. I want to be skinny more than I want to be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> more we than did, I want to be full, I guess. I, I know it's been a while, but we did roll for uh, whatever the next cooking episode was going to be. We did. Oh, yeah. Should have I, was, about um, that. I was talking to Phil about that. I think we are going to plan uh, for when he comes with the mead. Yes. We will do the cook episode. And the tabletop mead tasting. I like it. And we can have Phil roll in person for the next cooking episode. Yeah, so he don't mess up this time. So, I like this. And he wants to grab a burger, and I agree. <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> who, so, who am I to say no? Yeah, Joe, I will never turn down a burger. If we're both dieting, 
Uh-huh. Why don't we do weekly progress updates on the stream? We can do that. Call it out. See, you know, we can trend it over time and go back and watch. Be cool. You Deep. see me shrink this way as we go on during the stream? I will shrink this way. Purple Prince. He lives two miles away from Rossi. Same. Wow. Actually. Do you fucking neighbors? We we might be. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine you guys talk. You're like, oh, oh, fuck. I'm three houses down. It's like, shit. That would (laughs) honestly be fucking hilarious. Right? <laughs> what are the fucking chances? <laughs> Got real good people in Hamilton. What can you say? I'm at his house. Do you? Are you in the basement? Is that where you live? Do you the have a call basement? Came from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> the Twitch chat came from inside his basement. Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh no! That's why we only have this many viewers. One of them is you. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, well, that'll be a good, fun uh, food episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. Um, how do you feel about more, uh, bean MP chat? We'll do We'll do some oh, streams. Yes. So we found, what do you know about beam, uh, NG? It's a hyper physics, realistic racing game. More of a driving sim than anything yeah. else. So it's a driving sim. It's hyper realistic with the crash physics. If you tap something, like your fucking quarter panel falls off. And Every individual piece of the car is modeled in the game. So oh. shock absorbers, belt like bearings inside the wheels, like bumper, radiator, like little brackets that hold shit together. Mm-hmm. So individual suspension pieces, everything is there. So I've been, I bought the game like, it's got to be about six or seven years ago now. I The game last I saw was like, maybe four gigabytes and it was version 0.0.0.0. I didn't realize that it was an alpha, alpha, alpha when I bought it. So he messages me the other day. He's like, Hey, star citizen. I bought bean NG. And I was like, Oh shit. I have that game. And he goes, yeah, apparently you can play online. I was like, Oh no shit. I thought that was a single player game. Turns out it's a mod, a whole, the community got behind it and they released bean MP, which is a program, yeah, which is a program you run. So now I am hosting a, a dedicated server where I could change the maps and do whatever. And I added a shitload of cars because I you could put mods on so they'll download for everybody. So I downloaded these cars that go like fucking Mach 35. <laughs> uh, one that like literally <laughs> crashes the game if you drive it. Like fucking school bus. School buses with jet engines and wings. So I was like... I bu- I, a fucking sailboat, like a ship, like a like an old... It won't work right now until I put the mod on for air because you can't steer it because it doesn't... Because you kind of need wind. need air. So I got to put... Super en- realistic. Got to <laughs> enable oxygen. I got to enable <laughs> air. So we were fucking around. We, we, we got into each other, and the first thing I did was get the fastest fucking car I can, put a wedge on the front, and fucking destroy Bob. <laughs> I we made sure to next- drive like the 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 Reliant Robin, <laughs> like the car with three wheels. Like they have the model from Top Gear with the fucking training wheels on it. Oh my! They God. modeled that into the game. Jesus. So I was we were dying. It was two and a half hours. We had to stop. I had a fucking headache. I'm pretty sure Bob had a headache. We were laughing so fucking hard. We planned streaming that night. Couldn't do it. We couldn't do it because we're like, oh my god, we have this. Oh my god, they have this, and it was just like, I I. It, it, 
I amazing. There was a car the called the Spinner, and it had a jet engine in the front on the side pointing back, and a jet engine on the <laughs> other side pointing forward. And if you hit them, it was just like, and then you just took off. And it was, I was basically I, playing with Beyblades. So, so you're basically playing Kerbal Space Program, but it's Kerbal Car Program. Pretty much. So okay. I got close Carball. to him. Like I drove Space up program. to him. Wow. Without uh, without initiating the engines, <laughs> like the turbos. I just drove up to him and I'm like, hey, Bob. He goes, hey, what's that? And I just fucking hit the spinner and jetted him off the side. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that point it actually crashed my game. <laughs> we crashed the game so many times. It was so stupid. So point is, we might be tossing that out there for uh for if you guys do play the game. Uh if there is anybody who has it, uh we might be streaming it and do a community you know, play night. Yeah, we'll do a community play night. Uh I think I got like ten or eleven spots that you could you could hop in and the map is like, oh, what did I? It was, uh, it was like three miles. Like that was the small one. I oh, actually got one. the big one. Oh, like so thirty-five the, miles or something like I that. I think it was like one hundred and seventy miles. It's basically, uh, uh, what's the fucking uh, Grand Theft Auto? It's modeled after San Andreas. Oh boy! Uh, but the guy made it by hand, so it's like a huge map that you could just drive around. Jeez. So. It's neat. We got some some chat some chat going on. Uh, oh, we, we got to go back a little bit. Nikon says, my God, I literally just realized that I usually flip my burger before I bite into it. How have I not realized that? Same, my mind is <laughs> blown same, Nikon, you and I, I on the same, same wavelength. Same. Yes, Phil. Like physics in school, ignore wind resistance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like every <laughs> single physics problem we did, wind resistance will be negligible so we can ignore it. Perfect. Um, but yeah, you can actually change like gravity even. Like I've seen videos of someone oh, like, oh, that's that? That's that game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have seen videos of Best that. part, the game this is, is only the like- gravity on Jupiter and they throw a shipping container at the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's only like 20 bucks right now because it's really? free out. It's alpha. Huh. It's cool. so fun to play. I it's so highly stupid. recommend. Yeah, and you can play keyboard. Like I, I use wheel. my wheel. Like I use my, my so wheel So he's setup. lucky because his wheel doesn't have- the oh, no, force. it has it. I just haven't set it up yet. Okay. You're going to burn those force feedback motors out. Fuck the force feedback. You're going to break damn wrists. <laughs> That's I why had I mine, direct drive. I had mine set up, I and I didn't one, realize it, and I hit a fucking tree, and my wheel was just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I had to let go. It was fucking bad. Oh, it was good. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't. Just If you have, like, a more expensive wheel, just maybe... Turn it off or like way down. Um, Nikon in the chat says, speaking of games, what are your recommendations for retro game systems that play multiple consoles? Um, Retrons. A PC. uh, PCs are good for emulating. If you actually own the the physical cartridges, um, Retrons are really good. They make like, uh, I think there's still like three or four for sale. I think Retron 9 is the newest one, um, where I think that one, the newest one they made, has like the Game Boy Color slash Advance slot, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and then Sega. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, there Sega. was one new company. I can't recommend it right now because it's just insanely expensive. Uh, that you could actually uh, 
it's a it's a CD drive to start, and that's always there. But you could actually clip on um, cartridges that would be like one for Sega and one for uh, like N sixty four and stuff like that. And when you put in your cartridge, it'll actually rip it to the hard drive. That way, you don't have to continually uh, beat up your cartridges over time. Oh wow! Um, it was really cool. And when when you plug in one of your cartridges, it gives you a couple controller ports. So you can plug in your original controllers and oh, that's cool. oh, that's sick. Um, it downloaded the art automatically because it's connected to the Wi-Fi to like the internet. So it'll download like the cover art and it'll download stuff like that. Um, really cool concept, um, but the system overall is just really expensive. Um, I think like the system itself was like two or three hundred bucks, and then each add-on was like eighty to a hundred dollars. Um, so if you are in that price range, and by all means, it was a really good uh, idea. It has HDMI out versus whatever, but the Retrons are a little bit cheaper. Um, they do get a little hard, but I've never... I have a Retron. I think I have the three, because I bought it a really long time ago. I've never had any issues with the with the pins being... Um, yeah, the Polymega is what I was talking about. Um, really cool idea, just really expensive. Retrons are a little bit cheaper, um, but um, I think people complained about the them being too tight or too stiff because it's new. It, <laughs> you know, people plug in their old Genesis and stuff, and it's just like, Ugh. <laughs> fucking thing is 30 years old. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, good to see you again. <laughs> it's like a hot dog in a hallway. Like <laughs> new new ones are really like, you know, you, you could break them in and you'll be you'll be fine, but I've never seen them what break the pins. Uh retro console uh, emulation. Um I the one, the one that I I my girlfriend got me a Switch. Mm-hmm. Um and if you have like the the Switch online Nintendo online account whatever it is, you can actually play um, uh, Genesis, uh, NES, SNES, and N64 emulators. Oh, they they put up uh, Genesis? They have a whole bunch of games like wow that are like mostly first party kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they've got other like I've been pl- I've been playing the hell out of Tech you have to You have to pay extra for the N64 one. Uh, no. If you have the upgraded. Like the if you have the upgraded online plus whatever, yeah, you can play it. So like I have it because I'm on like a family plan kind of thing with my girlfriend. I'm on the family plan too. I don't think you get the N64. I think that was like a special special. That's like another upgrade path. I'm really? Because I have it. The only console, old console, I know you have a million that I actually still have is my N64. When I was a kid, I gave my Sega away because mm. I didn't play it anymore. One of my friends didn't have one. You want one? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. Again, you, you want to know why? Where the fuck would I put it? So I bought one. Well, I had one. It's my original one. Then I bought another one. Then I bought another one. They all fucking look the same. I don't know which one is my original one. I can't sell any of them. <laughs> like, that's my first console. I don't know which is my first one. I can't touch any of them. They are now all... It's like Russian roulette with selling consoles. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll never know. I'll never. No, I it's will Schrodinger's know. It's Schrodinger's Russian roulette. I will know because <laughs> I. <laughs> there's a lot to prick. Like, to, <laughs> there's a lot going on in that sentence. <laughs> you are both alive and dead till you pull trigger. So my first console, I used to get so goddamn angry. I would throw the controller all the time, but my console was up on my dresser. So the 
you know, the my, cord. The cord was only three feet on the controller, so I would throw it. It would ricochet and then pull the console right down the dresser. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I'd freeze the game, whatever. They were fucking built like bricks. You put it back on top, turn it off, turn it back on, you're good. But after doing that for so many years, I had to start putting a box under the controller to keep the connection good uh, or else a couple uh, of the uh, arrows. Uh, so I will know which is mine because it's the broken one. <laughs> <laughs> There. Yeah, I, I still have my NES, but that's really... Because I went from NES to PS1. What's your top yeah. game back on your oldest console that you could still play to this day? And it's still good, not just because of nostalgia. So my oldest console is the Sega, but I did have an Atari because it was my parents. Okay. So which one constitutes... Your choice, doesn't matter. Well, on Sega, it's... Whichever uh, one you have the fondness for. Well, they were both fun because I used to turn. My parents had an Atari old, pick. Yeah, Dodgem. Uh, <laughs> Dodgem was fun. So stupid. I went back and played my N sixty four, and I thought I was gonna go right for Ocarina of Time, but I didn't because I actually think nowadays Ocarina of Time is better on an emulator. Mm-hmm. Banjo Kazooie still slaps. Mm. I played it straight through. Mm. Never played it. It is so worth it. I feel like a lot of newer platformers still try to accurately emulate the charm of the game Mm -hmm. while still being a good game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the emulator is that when you play old consoles now, you're not getting what you thought as... Well, you know how everyone's like, oh, you just had rose-colored glasses. They looked better when you were a child because Mm -hmm. uh, you thought... No, they actually did look better. Um, The CRTs Mm -hmm. blurred everything. Yeah. So everything looks more crisp as to where now you would see one pixel with like a red glowing eye on a CRT monitor. It used to be three or four pixels. Yeah. So it looked like an emanating. So like it did look better. Yeah. Just, you know, but because it looked worse, right? Because it looked worse. It looked better. Um, now we put it up on our friggin' ultra HD screens and we're like, this looks like shit. (laughs) This looks awful. (laughs) It's like, well, yeah, that's yeah. But I think, for me, it's a tie between the memories I had with Shooting Gallery on the NES. Uh, shooting Gallery is good. Um, or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for the NES. Which one? I don't Wait, know. Wait, for the NES? Yep, that NES. was... Oh, That's I didn't the play the original NES one. one. Mm-hmm. one of the- really? I thought that game was ass. I, <laughs> wow, I think, Joe. Because well, you, I had Hyperstone Heist because I was a Sega. So when I went back and played like the... the first one i was like this is so bad and then because you know well it was and again it was like you know my nostalgia as a kid like right. playing that with my dad like yeah oh my god it was the coolest thing ever but i'm saying like what's what's the one of the earlier games you played that is not just a nostalgia like like what is still good from back then that you, like your earliest gaming experiences i mean what I, holds I feel up like it's hard to say anything bad about, like, the Mario Duck Hunt combo. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I obviously the, the light the light gun isn't going to work, but... They're actually um, working on that. You know, it, it's like the original Mario. Yeah. I, I think that's great. Um, I played the original Le- uh, Legend of Zelda. Obviously, mm. I think that still holds up. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> um, even whatever Final Fantasy game 
Three. I don't even know what the hell Final Fantasy it was. Three, I didn't understand it. It scared the crap out of me, so I never played it. <laughs> that was a horror game to me. Like, yeah, really? I don't know why. I just I was afraid. I didn't know what I was doing, and said, nah, "I'm not going to play this." And I'll play fucking Bill Elliott's NASCAR Adventure or something like that. Which that was a dog shit game. <laughs> it had four tracks, and all you heard was, was it Super Nintendo. No, N- NES. Yeah. I never played wow. SNES. Really? Ever. I, so, I, truly, I don't know what the difference is between the two of them. Uh, the SNES was... SNES was 8-bit? Eight, eight like 8-bit? Eight, 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 uh, eight uh Super Nintendo was 16-bit, which is what Sega was. Oh, and then okay. Super Nintendo also got a better audio codec with stereo audio versus NES's just fucking ass uh, mono, but like also it was ass. Gotcha. Okay. So... In the chat, Nikon says, someone broke into my old house and stole my NES, SNES, and Dreamcast, and my Atari 2600. I wanted to cry. Oh, that's, my God, that sucks. I'm uh, sorry. I would, mm-hmm. I would be so, oof. Yeah. Yee. I know someone attempted to steal some of my stuff, but didn't actually happen. Um, do you still, did they steal the games, too, or did they just take the consoles? Also, he says uh, Zelda 1 is a still a fantastic game. See, that's like uh, on Genesis. You got like... Um, oh all God. the Sonics. All the original Sonics. All the original Sonics. But they were so games. fucking hard. Yeah. Um, kids these days. They don't understand how fucking hard those games were. <laughs> I still don't know what the end of Sonic looks like. <laughs> I feel like we still have our games in this in these recent generations that are made to be that hard. I mean, well, think yeah, of all the Dark Souls Siders and Dark Souls. Yeah. Well, yeah, Darksiders yeah. was easy as shit. Yeah, that was and that even like the Souls like faux games. God of War game, right? That was like yeah, yeah, like the yeah. Horseman. Yeah, um, even like Jedi Fallen Order. That was a tough game. Yeah, is it? I didn't play that. So like oh, you have, it, you're a Star Wars fan. I, I, you definitely have to. One of my favorite Star I can't wait Wars till the new games one comes out. I've ever played. It was a co-op game. I think it was on PlayStation. Potentially could have been. I think it was PlayStation. One, um, it was co-op, so you could play, I think it was right when episode one came out, because I remember you could play as someone with an orange lightsaber, I forget his name, he, he looked a little alien-esque, um, but you could, it was like a full open world um, that you had to like run through and do stages and stuff, but you had, you could do it with two people, so it was like, mm. at the time, that was... Um, Revolutionary, yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh shit, we could play. But like, I remember all all the games on my PlayStation because I went from Sega. I was like you. I went from Genesis to PlayStation. I didn't realize there was stuff in between. Mm-hmm. No one, you know, as a, well. I had the um, the Genesis Portable. I had the Nomad, mm-hmm. but that doesn't count. Yeah, like I knew it was there. Like my cousins had an NES, and then they had an SNES and a Genesis and sixty four. Yeah. Um, like I knew N64 existed because one of my neighbors had one. Yeah. But my best friend got a, got a PlayStation and I'm like, mom, I need this. <laughs> that one. What's uh <laughs> what's one you've gone back to that absolutely did not hold up? Um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, um, the 32 X is pretty terrible. Obviously. I don't know what that is. The 32 X was an attachment for the Genesis that made it 32 bit. So more oh. color, more everything. Then there was the CD add-on. The CD add-on kept it 16-bit, 
but now you could have uh, you could have full CD quality audio. Okay. So the CD attachment was kind of neat because it bought some really wonky ass games. Like there were uh, a couple of flight games where it was basically you were watching a movie and like shooting over the movie. Like you were a plane, like you were uh, an F-16 or something. And you're like shooting, mm -hmm. but it's just a video. Yeah. Then you had like that record is Sonic CD. That album is the Sonic CD album. Uh, the album was insane. And you couldn't get that on the regular version. It had to be the CD version. So that was a cool one. So which um, is the one that didn't hold up? 32X sucked. Saturn was terrible. Which game didn't hold up? Oh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example. <laughs> uh, Doom was a good one. Doom was a 32X game. Mm. It wouldn't have run otherwise. It needed the 32X. Right. That was good. NBA Jam on the 32X, kind of a letdown because it really didn't do much outside of the regular one. Mm -hmm. And then literally every other game on the 32X was pretty terrible. It just wasn't. It just wasn't good. I have a handful. They're they're bad. <laughs> Bob? Probably that Bill Elliott game that I told you about. <laughs> it, like, a lot yeah. of fond childhood memories. Like you I go said, back and it's just like, ugh. Four, four tracks, super convoluted, like, there's no way to like control the car really. Um, and it was like, cause I had gone from that to like NASCAR 99, which had uh, 3d I have, graphics. I have and, NASCAR like, 90. You're racing 24 <laughs> cars and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that didn't really hold up and it was just, it was weird. Like I couldn't understand pit stops cause you're like, <laughs> all right, change the tires. Cool. They'll change the tire. All right. Fueled up. Why did they change the tires? Oh, they're changing tires a third fucking time. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you went from... And Bill Elliott won every race because it was his game. Gee, I wonder why. Like, it, it's that kind of crap. I'm just like, oh, God. So maybe you guys will remember this. Maybe not. I don't know if you had these parents. My parents didn't want me to buy games at, like, Toys R Us that often because they're expensive. Mm -hmm. So, like, that was, like, a special occasion to go to, to Toys R Us and buy a new game. But Value City had games. Yeah. And they were like, $7. <laughs> so I bought a couple because I was allowed to. They're the worst fucking games. I have one. I still have it. I want to go back one day and just fucking put it on so I could understand what the fuck the game was. Because as a kid, I have no fucking idea what the game was supposed to be about. My entry into this, uh, I guess, like bad nostalgia category and you're going to laugh because of how much I used to talk about this. The original MechWarrior games mm. that got me into MechWarrior, not the first one, MechWarrior 2, not Mercenaries, but Ghost Bears Legacy and 31st Century Combat. When I was a kid, I was obsessed, obsessed with MechWarrior. Giant fighting robots, lasers, Gauss rifles, PPCs, like all the, like I knew all like the, the lingo. Cool stuff, yeah. I would build a bunch of different mechs. I'd play a couple missions over and over. Never understood, like, I was never good enough to actually get past the level without cheating. The, mm. So, like, I had all this nostalgia for, like, all oh, these cool stompy robots, laser battles, blah, blah, If you watch videos now of MechWarrior 2, 31st Century Combat, and MechWarrior 2, Ghost Bears Legacy, don't, there's, there's more than one MechWarrior 2. Just <laughs> skitter on past that. Um it is literally just badly rendered polygons and like green dashes and red dashes for lasers. And like, it is awful. I and have you know that. what kills me is that 
the intro cinematics for both games are some of the coolest robot fighting I've ever seen anywhere, even including recent stuff. <laughs> I think on Game Explosion 500, one of the games was a you mech game. You know it's going to be bad with a name like that. What, Game Explosion 500? Yeah. It was It was a bunch of trial, trial software. Uh, well, I think yeah. one of them was the original so- uh, Mech Warrior, because I think the Mad Cat was in it. Then it wasn't the original. It was the second one? Yeah, so the original then Mech Warrior. Then I probably was playing the one you were playing. <laughs> no, no, no. If you were playing the original Mech Warrior, if it... Oh, it had the Mad Cat in it, so you were playing Mech Warrior 2. Mm. Mech Warrior Battletech is like the name of the the um the IP, right? That was actually copied off of a an anime called Macross. Mm. And because they illegally <laughs> added the mechs from Macross into the first Mech Warrior, they got sued. Ah. So they were like, okay, we get it. We will. We won't use these mechs anymore. And then they literally just took all the designs, slightly modified them, and called them the two Cs. So like <laughs> all of the iconic from MechWarrior Two, the Jenner two C, uh, the like uh, Warhammer two C, like all these crazy clan mechs that everybody I have all this nostalgia for were actually only created because of initially a lawsuit. Mm. <clears throat> Piranha Games, when they bought the MechWarrior IP from Microsoft, got also the rights. They call them the Reseen mechs. Mm. They bought the rights for the originals, so they have the 2C in the game, yeah. and then they include the originals. So they have, like, oh, the cool. Warhammer 2C and then the Warhammer. And, uh, yeah, I went back. Those are not good games. <laughs> they are certainly giant robot sci-fi games, which is why I loved them as a kid. Yeah. But, like, nowadays, it's just a letdown. I think I yeah. played the original Mech Warrior as a kid. It was on the SNES. Because yeah. I, I think... I think I might have played it on like my dad's PC. I don't think the original was, one was on PC. I think the it's got to be the second one. So the original one, literally all it looks like is like you're in a cockpit and you see like a black cockpit shape and then little like dots and weird figures and lines come up. That's what I vaguely remember. That's the original. Okay, the, then I played the, the original. The full 3D one is the one that's on like PC That's what proper. I remember, which was very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like I was in a hallway a lot. That's the one I remember. Cause I guess it was a trial, so you didn't get to go out into the open. But oh, I remember maybe. being in like a hallway, like I I could switch between like rockets and and guns or something. But they were just like little fucking. Yeah, I can't remember if I. <laughs> if I uh, so Nikon in the chat, uh, they stole all the games, but Excitebite because it fell and they. Cr- oh, that's terrible. Oh. Uh, I rebought the SNES, but the SNES or I rebought the NES, but the SNES uh, that I have been able to find are either higher than a kite or horrible condition. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough out there in the in the the <laughs> nostalgia land because yeah. everything got insane. So like, I used to run Everybody's around trapped at home trying to relive their childhood it's to not ignore the pandemic. It's not because they're <laughs> trapped at home. It's because all of the people our generation got money and was like, "I want my childhood." Yeah, and that comes with the price. Yep. Like I used to buy these. I was out collecting. I guess I was, I was a hipster collector. Um. I, I was, was doing it before it was cool. I was doing it before the prices were fucking before insane. Expensive. <laughs> yeah. So I was picking up um, Genesis and, and Super Nintendos for like five to twelve dollars just so I could have them. And I was I was trying to complete my collection. And now I'm looking at the prices and like I walk into a, a thrift store and they're like, yeah, that Genesis, uh, it's one hundred and thirty five dollars. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, it's four different colors. <laughs> I didn't even know black could be that different colored. But it works. 
Yeah, but it works. It yeah. boots. Yeah, it turns on. It still counts. So, like, I, I get it. Like, you find a Super Nintendo, it's fucking smoke yellow, and you know that, like, that's the smell of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> and, like, they're asking $250. Like, like I can <laughs> smell the shag carpeting and wood panel walls. <laughs> like, I could smell the musk of the basement that this yes. was in. Ugh. Um, And, like, I, I do have a couple of those, and I had to clean them up. And um, I was just looking yesterday... Um, for the Game Boy Color, I, I mean, there's a lot of other mods, but I found out there is a mod for the Game Boy Color now. You could replace it with an IPS screen that is backlit LED. You could change the uh the co- uh, the color of the case now. You could replace it with USB C. Put a rechargeable battery in there. Wow! And I was like, I want to do that. I was like, I might have to do that. And then I thought I- about it, and I was like, but I have a phone. That could emulate the Super Nin- or the the Game Boy because I know better. exactly where my Game Boy Color is, Mine is and it, it was the purple see through one. Purple. Oh, you have the see through one. Everett and I both had those. Yeah, my brother my, and I had them, and they're still in pristine condition because Kaz has them locked in a drawer <laughs> in the kitchen. Hope the batteries and aren't he in. He won't let either of us. No, he won't let either of us take them back. Mm. Hmm. Weird, because that was yep. the first video game console end game that I bought with my own money. My Which, sister waited and got the clear one. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother were fucking, we needed it now, so we got the regular purple ones. And then a week later, they released all the fucking colors and the see-through one. I, oh, I just got the hardest nostalgia hit of playing Pokemon in the backseat of a car in a Game Boy Color between the streetlights passing Yeah, yeah every time you got it. Uh, fuck. So <laughs> the funny, like the, the craziest like full circle moment I've ever had uh, involves Pokemon Blue version. Mm. So I went to a minor league baseball game uh, called the Trenton Thunder. As a little kid, I had, because Pokemon came out, what, 96? Like 98, something like that. So I was like seven, eight years old at the time. And they had, you know, at the time, the one radio station, 94, or 97.5 PST. Mm-hmm. They sponsored a, you know, dance for $97. So I'm a little kid. I'm just up and dancing along, blah, 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 blah. And I won this contest. (laughs) The MC was like the morning show host on PST. I got (laughs) $97.50. And I spent that money and bought myself a Pokemon, you know, a, a Game Boy Color and Pokemon Blue version. Mm. I was very spoiled with Pokemon games and any, really any like video game on the Game Boy because anything I got, my mom always had to buy us two. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a younger brother who's seven years my junior and he always had to have what I was having but could never do it. So like I would get a Game Boy game or I would get an N64 and then he'd have, we'd always split consoles so we'd have mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. But like he, when... uh the Xbox 360 generation came out. He got a Wii mm-hmm. and I got a 360. Mm-hmm. He couldn't beat anything. He was too young, right? He was yeah. trying to play games that he saw me play and was like, I want to do that. But if I was 18, he was 11. Yeah. So I remember him getting Twilight Princess on Wii and he could not do it. Like he couldn't play it. And I got the GameCube version, right? So I knew the whole game. So I he'd come running up to me, play this for me, play this for me, blah, blah, blah. So I'd go play it, right? So we, I'd essentially have usually the whole console war, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were kids and we got Game Boys and we got Pokemon, when he was old enough to play it, because he was one, 
Oh, no, yeah. let's see. Uh, in 98, yeah, he was born in 96, so he was two, and I was nine when Pokemon came out. Mm. We got two Game Boy colors, <laughs> and he got blue, and I got red. Oh, And okay. I still have my red cartridge, and I'm pretty sure he still has his blue cartridge. Mm. But he didn't know what the fuck he was doing, oh, nor yeah. did he for years. And this continued with gold and silver and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So we, I would always have both versions. And then my mom would walk in the room and I'd have both Game Boys set up with the link cable going between them. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, there's special ones on this one that I can't get on that one. She'd be like, okay, whatever, and leave. Yeah. Right? But Everett just didn't play them. He didn't know how. Like, yeah. He would spawn in, walk around, and leave. And that was like, put it down. So Meanwhile, okay, I'm, I'm sitting there here. like trading back and forth. <laughs> I had catch them all. All yeah. 150 on the red at Nebmu. Mm-hmm. And then I got all of them on gold and silver. But he never touched them. When he started getting instant was when Ruby and Sapphire came out. Then he could oh, actually okay. play them. Mm. See, I had to get them both myself, but then steal my brother's Game Boy. Game Boy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, I need that. He's like, but I'm using them. I'm like, the fuck you are. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> no, no, no. Buttons are fun. <laughs> well, continuing the whole full like full circle yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, use that money, bought myself Pokemon Blue version, Game Boy, you know, all that. Like, I still remember finally getting out of Viridian Forest for the first time. <laughs> I was on vacation in Williamsburg at the pool. Like, my parents let me take it to the poolside because they wanted to go swimming. I'm not the only person as a kid that got lost in Viridian Forest with Pokemon. Oh, I was so lost. Like, I remember being like, oh, my God, I did it. Like, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, That was me in the caves. Fast forward now. Oh, my God, yeah. I I actually, I bought, like, a very knockoff, but to me it didn't look (laughs) knockoff, like, guide. Oh, (laughs) Where it's like, oh, you do this and do this, blah, blah, blah. So oh, my parents would never let me buy a guide to a video game. Really? Oh, God, no. My mom used to love buying me those guides. Why? My mom was like, why? Aren't you supposed to be good? I was like, ha! Ah, what the fuck? <laughs> Your mom literally told you to get good as a nine-year-old? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um... Yeah, so so aren't you supposed to be good at these? Why don't you go ahead and guide your ass to the room until you can play fucking video games, right? So <laughs> sheesh. Fast oh, forward, I'm stuck in the dark. Fast forward to college. <laughs> Let me help you turn the light off in the room. Uh, super. <laughs> um, so fast forward to college. I you know go to Ryder and the guy who's running the college radio station. I'm like oh yeah, I want to be in radio. The guy who's running the college radio station is the MC who gave me oh that shit. prize <laughs> back then. Becomes a good friend of mine, like mentor, like all that kind of stuff. And the company I work for now owns PST. Hmm. Wow! So I work for the company that bought that basically bought me That's my first video ever yeah, video yeah. game. Wow! That's, yeah, that is full circle. Like full circle from 1998. To going to college in 2009. Yeah. Wow. Like, I just think that's pretty damn cool. That is a wild... All because of Pokemon. All because of Pokemon. <laughs> and dancing to the twist. I still... <laughs> I and, you still know, knock out Zubats. I refuse to catch one. <laughs> I only do it for the decks. Nope. And I Not finally... <laughs> I... So, I know we're going off a tangent. I know we probably should be wrapping up soon. <laughs> For the first time, I don't have work tomorrow. Ever, I completed the Pokedex. Well, in the newest Scarlet. one. 
I did it. I I caught all four hundred Pokemon. Do you want to? Wow. Do you want to hear what what made my my wife insane? And now I'm going shiny hunting. So did oh. you know that the teacup fucking Pokemon, most of them are knockoffs. Hmm. What? So there's a Pokemon that's a teacup. If you go and it's called Sinisty. Sure. Uh, if you sneak up under it and look up, it if it has a little code there. It's a real one. So if you catch one, it'll say knockoff. It won't say original. The chances of spawning one are like one in 2,000. So my wife has been like four full days of just walking around in a field slowly, respawning these cups, sneaking under them, looking. Or if it gets close to a wall, she just throws Pokeballs at it because it'll despawn. So she just got like, she sewed me. She got like four full boxes of these fucking Pokemon. Finally, she catches one. Freaks out. Super excites. Game crashes. Oh, no. no way. Game crashes. She doesn't have autosave on. Because she likes to save at certain points. She did not save. She gets super excited. Then super bummed. Also, it was her birthday. So she went, Fuck. yay, I'm so happy for my birthday. I'm really excited. I finally caught one. It's just a birthday gift. It's gone. I was like, all right, let me. Fuck it. So I log on to mine and I was like, let me help. If it's too, you know, we'll catch it. So I go find where she was at. No shit. The first fucking one I walked <laughs> under. Sneak up to it. Look up. I'm like, oh, is that the code? Caught it. Pops up. It's an original one. She's like, I hate you. I genuinely hate you. Did that make it better or worse? (laughs) Both? (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes. So I was like, here, I'll trade it to you. There we go. My game auto saves, so don't worry. (laughs) So I gave it to her, and I'm like, happy birthday. Uh, She's like, but it was four days. And you just... You just did it? You just... First one? I was like, first one? Look, first one. It just did the book thing. <laughs> oh so, uh, Pokemon is weird. I've never done the Pokedex thing. I usually just no. plow through. I, I pick six and fucking send it. Every so often, I'll go off on this, like, nostalgia kick with Pokemon where I'll download Fire Red, not mm. the original Red. Yeah, yeah. no, fuck, fuck the original. Mm. And download it on an emulator with a times 12 speed multiplier and beat yeah. the entire game in like 45 minutes. I like, mm-hmm. I like, um, I think it's realistically like two hours, but still. I like making them modified because you could modify the games like in the ROM. You can modify it. Yeah. So you could have like certain spawners. I would love um, to do a randomizer. I, that's what I was doing. Randomizers to start. Then I did randomizers, uh, to start including legendary Pokemon. I restarted the game. I turned it on. I got like fucking, uh, like the the mythic from I forget which which one it was, and I was like, "Ha ha, this is gonna be easy." And then I realized that we were level five, and it didn't know any moves. And I'm like, "This could be really hard." <laughs> we the the old podcast that Joe and I were a part of, uh, we would stream on Mondays um, and play a randomizer of I think it was Fire Red, and that I think was one of the most fun fun times I've ever had streaming mm. because like. Yeah, we started name like, oh, if you're watching us right now and you follow, we'll name the next Pokemon we catch after you, like that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got down to like where our followers would fight over 
Uh, Who was next? Like follow two, one, follow, follow one, follow. Not even like <laughs> two Pokemon that we had in our party. We had a Chansey that I named Kevin because, you know, whatever. And we had a Nummel that someone in the party named Bill. And our followers would always fight over whether it was Team Kevin or Team Bill. Amazing. And, of course, I was Team Kevin. Right. And fucking Kevin's the one who landed the uh, the winning shot against uh, Red, I think it was, in like the to beat the champion. So Team Kevin will always be the best. As a as a chin. as as a Sick. fucking chancy like <laughs> literally no power just sitting there to take hits so you he could heal other Pokemon <laughs> but damn it Team Kevin um so now because of that every time I catch a chancy or a Nummel it's Kevin it's always Kevin or Bill regardless <laughs> like <laughs> I hated nicknames as a kid I wouldn't nickname any of the Pokemon same I always named them dumb shit. That I would never remember. Literally that. Dumb shit. I think one of them was. One of them was like ass. One of them was like worse bird. I hated that <laughs> you couldn't change the ones in red and blue that got traded to you in yeah. order to complete the Pokedex. Yeah. I hated that. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, well, that was a name their original owner gave it to them. Yeah. And the Pokemon would get really sad if you change their name. I change my cat's nickname every 15 minutes. Yeah. They don't get sad. No. <laughs> I literally call a little one dumb. of my cats is named well sorry my wife's cat is named Luna her name's Fish now mm. don't ask how it got there mm-hmm. and then Gypsy is just Bebby yeah she my, responds to it mm-hmm. my I've dogs are usually for a couple months like come here dummy and they're both like oh, dummy okay. stupid dummy that's me tubby fatty stupid well your your baby is also Bebby yeah. All cats I like are Bebby. Bebby. Mm. All right. I, I feel like that's a that's a pretty good jumping off point here for uh for tonight. Yes, it goes. Uh, it's a little longer. It's been a while, so we had a lot to talk while. about. Yeah. Um thank you again so much for hanging out with us here on Tabletop Trio. Uh don't forget you can check us out everywhere you find podcasts, except for Apple because Apple's mm. dumb. Um and they can't get anything figured out. Um but you could watch us live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash tabletop trio. Monday nights, I go racing. I don't go live on the channel, um, but you could watch the race live on uh, World Racing Network, WRN on YouTube, and you could watch me race. Yay. Uh, first race of the year was sponsored by Tabletop Trio at That's Atlanta. Woo! Um, I should have finished third, but I got wrecked across the line. <laughs> oh. I was very mad. And then this past Monday, we raced at Phoenix, and I am dog shit at Phoenix. So <laughs> was two laps down, finishing like 14th out of 17 guys. So love to see. Yeah. But join us for maybe Bean MP. We'll definitely start uh, redoing Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect Tuesdays. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, don't forget to send in your feet videos. You can send them at Joe at Tabletop Trio on Instagram for Joe. Uh, remember. Cancel your D&D Beyond subscription. With your feet. It's the right thing to do. Fuck has, bro. Um, so for one final time, I'm Bob. I'm Joe. I'm Bronson. And this has been Tabletop Trio. Thank you all so much, and we'll be back soon. Bronson here of Tabletop Trio. Thanks for lending us your ear holes. Please follow us on our social media accounts, easily accessible through our link tree, especially on Twitch, where we go live every Wednesday night. 
Live at 805. See you there.